So, uh, yeah, me and Jay like to record like for a little bit before we get into like the show proper because um, it is hard to get comfortable talking to Jay. It's like, um, you know how like you have to like mentally prepare to like, like if you're like a teacher and you teach like grade school, you have to mentally prepare to talk to children. Yeah. It's, it's much the same. It's much the same with Jay. It's much the Are you going to put this in your uh, in your preemptive intro? It's, it's really hard to talk to Jay. He's like an infant. He's, he's, he's not like an infant. It's just you, you, have to, you have to be sure that no words you're going to be using are over five letters. I mean, you'd, 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 you'd hope so. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. So what I told you was true from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. From a certain point of view. 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 Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave, and you're not going to hear the voice of Jay, at least not in <laughs> this episode, because Jay wouldn't be able to keep up in this conversation, because recently, uh, just after me and Jay recorded, as always happens, uh, Disney uh, had their Investor's Day phone call, and they released a whole slew of information of things that are becoming to Disney Plus, theaters, pretty much the entire future of the company to get all of those investors' mouths salivating and cocks hard because of all the money that's going to be coming in from the investments that they've made. So... Because all that news wouldn't have fit into one episode, it, you know, it's nice that we get to do a, 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 an extra episode to add on top of it. And since Jay couldn't keep up, I had to get out my Rolodex. You guys remember those? Like back in the 80s, like you would actually have a Rolodex sitting on your desk because you didn't have like digital contacts or anybody. So I called up my buddy, Duty, who runs the Duty video game review YouTube page and is also a host on Shaken Not Nerd and Shaken Not Noob respectfully and is also a mega nerd himself so he absolutely will be keeping up in this conversation. How the fuck are you, duty? I'm doing good, man. It's been bloody ages since I was on Super Movie Bros. I, I can't recall. The, I think it was maybe during lockdowns and stuff like that. I was on an episode with, uh, I think maybe even a Patreon episode. It's been ages, man. It's been I love coming on Super Movie Bros. It's my favorite I- podcast. Sorry, Paul and Wayne. It's my favorite Yay. podcast. Yay! They get uh, my most we- Patreon monies. <laughs> I get Funko Pops. <laughs> it's great. I think I think the last time uh, we recorded was doing something for Gears Five. You and I, because I remember doing a um, I remember doing a graphic of turning you into a Funko Pop when you like you put right. me in shorts. Yeah, I don't ever wear shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you changed me from shorts to, to jeans, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we also did, I, I think we were doing, it was one of our top five horrors, like we were doing horror genres uh, uh, in, in different decades and stuff like that, and I know you were on for one of those as well. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're you're a Patreon, so I can't thank you enough for, for that, but you're also a fantastic host yourself Shucks. over there on your show, and uh, I think you, uh, like other than Thomas Iannucci, like you two get name dropped on the show more than anybody else. 
not so live. I mean, Thomas Anucci does make some fantastic sound drops. I've, of course, heard the uh, the trailer park theme, and then I also follow him on, on Twitter as well. He does some pretty good stuff. He does, and he's actually going to be uh, joining me for a couple episodes um, down the line because we have a news story here from the from the Disney investors meeting, and it's a show that's coming to Disney Plus that is Star Wars that's right up Mr. Iannucci's alley. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to talk to him about that. And he's apparently starting his own podcast as well, which will be about the history of Hawaii and its people. And uh, and I'm extremely interested in hearing that because, uh, you know, he's a bra that lives on the Hawaiian Islands. So um, who better to tell the tale of his people? <laughs> but I want to get started off with this, man, because, you know, not only was there like the, the one-two punch of like all this Star Wars news that was coming out, uh, there was also the, the, the big MCU news that came out with feige but there's also like sprinklings smatherings of like little other things that 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 are kind of cool if you're if you're a disney aficionado if you're a fan if you have disney plus there's a lot to look forward to and this investors call was pretty much put out there to make sure that their investors know that bob Iger's idea that was that was spawned three to four years ago to do this disney plus streaming service is is beginning to pay its dividends it's it's dues are coming um they've had to put a lot of money out front for this but now with 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 some minor success and some major success uh, pretty much from the Mandalorian they're able now to essentially rebuild their empire on this streaming service platform which is which is what it feels like now i noticed throughout this th- this thing they both both feige and kathleen kennedy made it abundantly fucking clear that they have movies coming to theaters and they use the word theaters a lot coming to theaters because they really mm. want to sell that to, to to the investors. And they also want to sell it because we're not like the fucking schlubs over at WB. We're not just pushing everything out to our fucking streaming service. Yeah, that's that's an interesting situation that they've gone down with Warner Brothers. And but it might pay off for them. It might. I mean, but of course, Disney's going to have to eat their crow when everything might go to Disney Plus if theaters do go away, if theaters shut down, which is something that me and Jay have been following and talking about about on the show for a while like you know the amc is running out of money regal cinema is closing all over the place cinemark is already fucking done apparently so there i mean for for as far as american theaters go there's not a whole lot out there so they may have to rely on streaming services in the if not if not in the immediate future in the pretty damn near future yeah, I, we're talking about, I think, on this week's episode of, well, this week, uh, relative of time, episode of New uh, Nerd, and um, it was like AMC need like $145 million or something like that before January, otherwise they're out, so it's like, who's going to buy them? And you know, the, the thought yeah. was, it's either going to be Disney or it's either going to be Jeff Bezos. Uh, one of the other and the, and the the reason that they're able to make that deal was me and Jay actually talked about it. There was a Supreme Court case that happened back in the 1940s or 1950s that basically didn't allow studios to own stakes in in theater companies because it it, it was seen as I guess I guess as underhanded. You know, if 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 a, if a if a studio owned a stake in a theater company, and that means that they have a say in what the theater company shows, and they can keep competitors' films out. And, you know, push their own films, you know, their films are going to be shown on four screens while their competitors are only showing on two, et cetera, et cetera. But that got overturned earlier this year in 2020, which now mm. that they're struggling, it means the, the, the vultures are circling and the vultures being the studios are circling the theaters and they're like, we can just buy them up. They well, that's what ours. that's what we've got here. We've got a, a film production or film studio that owns uh, movie cinemas. 
um, which is which is interesting as well. So yeah, oh, I mean, time will tell on all on all this stuff. However, what we know is coming in in pretty much the immediate future is everything that they were announcing. So just just on the Disney side of things, uh, before we get into like the MCU and Star Wars, which are which are the big talking points here. Um, I mean, we're, we we know we're getting some some Pixar direct uh, to Disney Plus series like Doug Days, yeah. which is going to follow Doug from Up. Um, and and Carl Fredrickson, and I am so afraid to watch this television series with my daughter because I've watched up with my daughter, and I had to explain why Ellie fell when she was walking up the hill and why Carl looks so sad. <laughs> yeah, that that opening what first five minutes of up is just rough yeah and then like um, i i've made it like a theme in my marriage where like i give lauren like gifts from up because i think i think carl and ellie have a beautiful love story all, all bit brief in, oh, in yeah. the movie it's it's a beautiful one and then my wife was just like you know you give me all this like carl and ellie stuff and she's like you do realize that like neither one of them ever really amounted to the dreams that they had and one of them was dead and hardly in the story <laughs> You don't have much time left, so keep buying the gifts. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but uh, so, so that seems interesting. But what's what, another interesting one is Chris Evans will be partnering with Disney and Pixar to bring Lightyear to Disney Plus, which will not be about Buzz Lightyear the toy that we know from Toy Story, you know, one through four. Ooh. It will yeah. be following Buzz Lightyear the actual character that the toy is based off of and his adventures out in space with the space rangers and it's going to be voiced by chris evans and i was like what an interesting turn that is interesting because of course you know obviously it's tim allen who does uh, buzz Lightyear, but of course there's lots of inspiration like star trek star wars so on and so forth in you know the space command of buzz Lightyear. looking at um, like so, but, yeah. some of the pictures i was able to see i got i was like huh it looks a lot like the Green Lantern animated series that was on Cartoon Network back in the day. Oh yeah, the Green La- that that was a good series that was marketed very very poorly. Yeah, and due to that, it got cancelled. Um, but the- yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested. Like I've seen that photo, and it looks like for some reason he's wearing like an A wing helmet. Yeah, it's very it's 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 very interesting. They're going to take it in, in in a very different direction. I'm not sure if I like watching it. I'm like I'm not sure if this is for like people like my kids' age where they're where where she's like you know she loves Toy Story, she loves Buzz Lightyear, she loves Woody and everything like that. And like watching watching this, I was like I think this is more for for me than it is for her. You are a sad, strange little man. And you have my pity. And I'm okay with that. I think Disney Plus, you know, does a fantastic job of offering, you know, a, a smattering of, of age ranges for, for, its, for its viewing. So that stuff's interesting. And then, of course, they also announced that Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, which I believe was set to release in theaters, will now be coming directly to Disney Plus. So this is from, from Disney Animation Studios, the people who brought you Frozen, Frozen 2, Moana, you know, pretty much all, all the shit your kids have been singing and going fucking ape shit for over the past couple of years uh that that's gonna be coming directly to disney plus on march 5th of 2021 so i mean there's there, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there that that was dropped in this that hulu will be getting its alien television series and it'll be the first yeah. alien series or anything in the alien universe that takes place on earth that isn't AVP because they don't count anymore. But because they don't count because they're bad movies. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's fair. <laughs> I, I don't know how I, f- I don't know how I feel about an alien series based on Earth. 
Um, look, I'm still going to watch it. Don't get me wrong. And I hope that, you know, our mate or your mate, really, Ridley Scott isn't involved because that man should not be involved in any of the properties he's created now. Um, I'm just I'm just remiss just- because last episode we did a story on how I wish Neil Blomkamp could come back in now and, and we, we can avoid the whole Ridley Scott. Oi. Don't you let Blumcorn touch my fucking alien for it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I was, I was like, well, th- that's the perfect opportunity to do a, um, uh, like you do with The Mandalorian, like a different director for each yeah. episode. And then depending on audience feedback and the actual direction of the episode itself, there you go. All right, cool. You did a great job on episode fucking six or whatever it might be. Off you go and do your own movie. The creature the creature I created, the xenomorph, only belongs on the silver screen. You're going to put it on the small screen in people's fucking TVs. It makes me want to spit. <laughs> well, they've put him in bloody comic books, man. I think you could do a TV oh, series of it. 100%. And they're, they're doing another Predator movie as well. They are. Yeah, I did a news story on that as well a few weeks back. Uh, but this th- this uh, Alien TV series will be helmed by Fargo and Legion's Noah Hawley. So this is pretty much an FX series um, that, that they are going to be doing. And it will be coming to Hulu as well. Hulu on uh, FX on Hulu. It's kind of like their new thing since Disney owns it all. So I'm actually extremely excited for that and then just just wrapping up just just the base disney news we are also going to be getting the final chapter to the indiana jones franchise and they kathleen Kennedy said it's the final chapter it's the last one indiana jones 5 and they confirmed that james mangold is directing and harrison ford Ooh. is returning i thought i'd lost you boy Oh, like I saw the I saw the Indiana Jones thing. I went, oh, it'll be a fucking Disney Plus TV series, and you won't get Harrison on the on the on the small screen to do that. So it's it's gonna be the last one. So here's here's the question: like, and confirmed last. Do you kill him? Like, do do you end him? Or or should or or is he immortal? (laughs) Because like, actually, if you watch the Young Indiana Jones series, which yeah, I'm guilty. I actually enjoy it. I, some episodes are pretty boring, but it's a lot of fun. Um, the that I mm. believe it's still streaming somewhere. Last I saw, it was on Amazon Prime, but it's been on it's been on Netflix before as well. But the, I think the final episode ends with like a 92 year old Indiana Jones he, who has an eye patch and a cane, uh, like like fending off burglars of a uh, 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 holding up like a convenience store, like a store or something like that. And um, I don't remember whether he was shot and killed in that final episode or not, but I, I like it's been a long time since I've seen it, so uh, I'm not sure if like I'm not even sure if they're like Disney's like that's still continuity because that was Lucasfilm. So I mean, they bought Lucasfilm. They decide whether that's in continuity or not. But I mean, certainly the Young Indiana Jones series has not made it to Disney Plus yet, so maybe that is not in continuity any yeah. longer. Yeah, I don't mind the idea of, of him, him having an eye patch and sort of him <laughs> sort of fighting off kids and a thing. That that sounds kind of cool. It sounds very appropriate for, for Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford yeah. considering his age. <laughs> Get um, off my plane. I don't, I don't think you <laughs> put the juice back on the shelf. Um, but I don't think you can you can do sort of. The, there better not be Shia LaBeouf in this. Hell no. Uh, I don't but think like so. I was gonna say, I don't think you can really. You can't treat uh, Indiana Jones like uh, Sean Connery's right. No. Indiana Jones dad. You, for, yeah, you can't really do that because you need someone else for him to I feed off. I think for better or worse, Disney is guilty or or or, or good at 
listening to the fans and stuff like that. So, you know, sequel trilogy comes out. There's nary a mention of, of Mythichlorians and nothing about Jar Jar Binks or really anything from the prequels at all mentioned in it. In fact, they, they listened to fans so much, they tried to remake the original three films to, according to some people, disastrous effect. <laughs> very, very disastrous effect. Un- unless you're a fan of The Last Jedi, which... Guilty. Loved it. it Last Jedi is Gears yeah. of War 5. Lots of character <laughs> development, but nothing really. Happens. I watched your video. <laughs> I've, 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 I've stated my piece on that, on both Gears 5 and The it's Last a, it's Jedi. An inter- it's an interesting video. Go check out Duty's video. That's uh, D-U-D-I, uh, where he breaks down uh, how Gears 5 is such a departure for the rest of the series that it's very much like The Last Jedi, which is what I loved about The Last Jedi. But I've talked about that so much on the show. Um, I've gotten enough hate mail over my love of Last Jedi. Uh, but I mean, like, so... But Disney does listen to its fans. And then when mm. when the smoke is kind of clearing from The Last Jedi and fans are fucking ready to, to literally like hang Kathleen Kennedy and burn her at the stake, they switch gears and all of a sudden we get The Mandalorian and everyone's like, oh, sigh of relief. Is that Kathleen Kennedy or is that Dave Filoni? That's though? Dave Filoni. Like, that's, that's what it is. That's 100% Dave Filoni. It's yeah, Dave yeah. Filoni. And like, look, yeah, I, you know, people know as well, like if they have listened to any of my crap, but it's like, yeah, I, I do not really like what Kath- the direction Kathleen Kennedy went. Obviously, I've stated my piece, not a fan. Um, Dave Filoni did a great job. And now Kathleen Kennedy's going like, here's all the stuff we're doing. And Dave Filoni's doing a lot of it. And I'm like, cool, you're letting well, him do a lot. One good. of the things that, you know, is is probably for sure after this is that Kathleen Kennedy's contract will most likely be renewed for Lucasfilm and, and Disney. And she will continue on um, with the Star Wars brand. And I think... Most of that comes from the success of the Mandalorian and this new this new direction that they're taking Star Wars and Disney Plus. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing because you now have someone who's made the mistakes, has literally felt the heat, the backlash from it, and oh, is yeah. moving forward with a creative control focus on everything going forward. Yeah, you literally have the the, the mastermind of of Dave Filoni who learnt from George and, and the you can see the essentially the fans if George and the, was the fans and the audience. If George was Plagueis, Dave Filoni is Palpatine. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Become my apprentice. Learn to use the dark side of the force. And you've got, and you've got essentially John Favreau. That is just John Favreau. He created the MCU. Basically, he's the Darth Maul. He's or, the he's he the wild did. card. He's the wild card. But like you've gotten some, you've you've already got some fantastic directors in Taika Waititi and Bryce Dallas Howard's done great in uh, in season two of The Mandalorian. And I thought you did all right in season one. So it's like you've got a really good backing, and it's just like cool. Anything you want to do, Star Wars, run it past Dave. Yeah. First, if Dave says it works, go for it. If Dave says it doesn't work, don't Dave touch Filoni it. and Pablo Hidalgo, who is the keeper of the of, of the yes. Star Wars uh, timeline and canon and stuff like that, you got to run it through those two. If 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 it gets the thumbs yep. up, that then it goes. I don't know whether they ran the High Republic through Dave Dave Filoni, but if, I think if I, if I was Dave Filoni, I would have gave a big thumbs down to the whole concept of the High Republic. But we're getting it anyway, so <laughs> I, I probably I probably won't read a comic or a novel from it. I'll, I'll I can almost guarantee you that. I'll give it a read and I'll I'll let you know if it's worth picking up or not. But that's that's just how it is. Fair enough. You're my canary going into the fucking mine. If I if. <laughs> You stop yeah, breathing. Yeah. I'm not your, touching it. I'm your, I'm your, I'm your Huey to your Billy Butcher. I'm your fucking canary. <laughs> <Exactly>. You cunt. 
<laughs> uh, and then the final thing that we know we're getting from Lucasfilm is the Willow television series, which we knew that we were getting. That was something that that had been rumored for a long time, and I believe was officially announced at one point or another. Uh, but now we know that we're officially getting it, and Warwick Davis is returning as you know everyone's lovable little wizard Willow. I, I don't know whether Val Kilmer will be in it or not. I would love for us to have Mad Monaghan. <laughs> to be in it i have no idea i've i've never seen willow and it was one of those things i'm like i'm not well it looks like you just got a movie homework (laughs) (laughs) i've given jay movie homework and he has not brought it up once if you do this movie homework i will do a willow cocktail to go along with it to make it more enjoyable for you Might be a cocktail. It'll be a fucking shot. I would call. I would call it. I would call it troll shit because there's a point in like the Willow movie where like they just step in like troll shit. <laughs> just, so I'll make a troll shit shot. Ooh, it's gonna be a lot of chocolate and coffee. It's real good, but it's gonna get the bull running. I can guarantee you. <laughs> Two shots of this, you'll be in the can for fifteen to twenty minutes <laughs> with the plunger. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> all right, duty. Let's get ourselves over and let's start talking about all the fantastic news that Kevin Feige dropped on us for the MCU. So first thing Kevin Feige gave us was uh, he basically dropped a new trailer for WandaVision, the second trailer for it. And this time around, I'm not going to do a full trailer park breakdown. So if you were looking for a trailer park, it's not here. It's not coming because there wasn't a whole lot new in this. The vibe was still very much the same. It was obvious that we're still getting Wanda's world, quote unquote, as it's going through these progressions of television uh, phases, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, up to the 90s. Um, But what we do see a little bit more of is that world crashing down as we see characters like Kat Dennings, Darcy Lewis, and we also get Tayona Paris, who I believe is the actress who who is playing uh rambo the daughter of of uh rambo from the from the captain marvel movie they are trying to kind of like break into this world and it seems like it, it kind of seems like they're just trying to you know snap her out of it a little bit yeah it, it I'm, I'm gonna watch it I'm, I'm looking forward to the how they explain vision is back seeing as he is you know dead um but in some of the clips as well he's still got the mind stone on his forehead so like i'm, I'm interested to see how they explain it's all easy that. I believe we're now getting into the Wanda Maximoff reality altering powers that we know from the comic book and not just the hey. not just the she kind of throws red mist at people <laughs> thing or it's like, or it's like yeah. what do you do I, I make things glow red and then I move them or I push them I do things what kind of things we haven't defined it yet <laughs> But we're going to here in WandaVision. But the cool thing about WandaVision, Kevin Feige like really teased how this is kind of like the kickoff point for the next phase because Wanda has reality altering powers. Um, obviously, she. I, I think there's something going on with her. I want to say psychologically, mentally. She. It kind of seems like this is part of some sort of psychotic break after the death of the Vision. She creates this own world, cocoons herself in it, and everyone else is trying to get to her to break her out of it. 
I think to help her control it will come in Doctor Strange towards the end of this series, which will lead us in to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which was the next thing that Kevin Feige talked about because he did reveal that Elizabeth Olsen was in London with Benedict Cumberbatch and they were filming Multiverse of Madness with Sam Raimi, the director. I'm I'm curious to see Raimi's direction on that as well. Like we've spoken in the past. Yes, I'm not a fan of some of Raimi's work, but I respect him as a director, and I'm looking forward to seeing the creative and batshit insane direction that he'll do for this film. Oh, Evil Dead Two. Yeah, you're talking about Evil Dead. I'm talking about Evil Dead One, Two, and Three. Motherfucker. You son of a bitch. Can I get you to watch the television series Ash versus the Evil Dead? Is that a possibility? I wa- I I watched I watched to a scene where he was fucking a chick in the bathroom in the first episode and she was a deadite and then he kept fucking her and then I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> How do you not subscribe immediately? And like I'm watching this. There's, a, there's an Evil Dead video game coming out next year. Did you see that? There you go. There's four there, player co op Evil Dead game. Groovy. There's been them before. A fistful boomstick, baby. I loved it on the oh, PS2. No, it, it looks like something like Dead by Daylight, Left for Deady sort of style. Nah, and you can play as Ash or nah, some what am dude I talking in Night's Armor. Any, anything with, with Ashley J. Williams in it, I'll probably pick it up. Uh, so we move into uh, Multiverse of Madness, which we don't know a whole lot about, at least plot-wise. We just know that Sam Raimi's directing it. We know that it is kind of like a horror comedy, and we know that uh, America Chavez, uh, better known as Miss America, will also be premiering in it, and that this will lead us into... The Spider-Man films over at Sony. Uh, And because Doctor Strange is confirmed, Benedict Cumberbatch, to be in Spider-Man 3. And we know from following the news, if you you listen to Super Movie Bros, (laughs) that pretty much everybody who's ever been in a previous Spider-Man film is on table to show up in that movie at some point. And then there's there's more ties to Spider-Man as well and and other characters in other MCU films, but it's probably it's probably in your news and I can break it down later. (laughs) What do you think of like of like this? Because I found this more interesting than like any of the news that they were talking about. I can see the thread from WandaVision to Spider-Man 3 and this whole multiverse thing that we're discussing. But uh, what do you think of the fact that Kevin Feige kept saying our Spider-Man? Spider-Man movies during the investors call. He kept saying our Spider-Man movies. He's not wrong. To be fair, I they would say they MCUs. are they are their Spider-Man movies. Like it is under the Sony badge, but like it it is probably written by someone at Disney. Disney is giving them a lot of money. He's a producer on it. Um so Kevin Feige is a producer on a Spider-Man film. So I guess he kind of does have a right to say our Spider-Man film. But like I, I feel like the more the, the more correct way to say it would be like and in partnership with Sony, you know, we still have multiple Spider-Man projects in the works, blah blah blah. You know, like instead of saying our Spider-Man films, <laughs> it just it kind of sounded like like he wanted to, because it's an investor's call. He's just like hey, like I know there's a contract, they still technically own them, but like that's our fucking Spider-Man. And if you fucking say it's anyone else's Spider-Man, I'll fucking see you outside three o'clock under the flagpole. <laughs> it's, a, it's also how long until we get um, how long until you know Disney tries to buy Spider-Man. But also like they've got Morbius, the living vampire and stuff like that. They've got the new Carnage film. I, f- I, I, f- I, I feel like they've worked a way out to to 
everyone shares the same pool of money. My yeah, I'll say my honest opinion is Sony will never give up at least full control of that character. I think they always want the money to roll in for that character. Whether they continue to sign deals with Disney, I, I think that's that's probably likely that they will continue to sign deals at least as long as this MCU money train is coming in. I mean, the first time the MCU has a flop though, and and Sony can get out of that contract, they probably will, and they'll probably reboot Spider Man again. Oh yeah, that that does sound like something they do. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they have been known to reboot a Spider-Man within five years of having a Spider-Man movie come out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something it, like just have Spider-Man actually grow up. Like that's what you're going to get with Tom Holland. He's actually going to have a growing Spider-Man. He's going to be in a relationship, or he's going to get married. I like that idea. Someone's going to die. Something like that. But yeah, also Sony are plugging very hard with um. Into the Spider-Verse and all that sort of stuff like that as well. As they should. I know you don't like it, but it's uh, it's, 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 <laughs> it's another it's, movie I'm not a fan of. It's, a, it's the Spider-Man movie with the most feels, sir. It has the most feels. It is the yeah. most Spider-Man movie that has ever been made with Spider-Man in it. Because you have multiple Spider-Men training someone to be and, and to and to uphold what it means to be a Spider-Man. And then he, he fucking fulfills it in the end. It is fucking glorious i love it i still tear up every time he puts on the suit for the first time his his suit that he makes himself and he jumps off that that building and takes that leap of faith and i'm just like it's so beautiful man it's so fucking beautiful (laughs) all right then we move into falcon winter soldier not a whole lot new gleamed from this it's not like we figured out anything new from the plot from it but we did i think I think in in the clips that we saw, I think we finally saw Baron Zemo in it. I know yes. we've gotten like that. We got that teaser of of him just kind of like putting on the putting on the hood, putting on the. I, is it like a cable knit like ski mask? What 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 does Baron Zemo actually wear on his head? I know in the comics it's a little tiara that tops it off. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 this weird like purpley magenta, like a very magneto purple sort of knit mask with eye slits in it which look i feel like you could find a way to mcu it to make it look relevant and not stupid but well they did they 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 did right back in the day they they didn't want to do the purple sock head baron zemo but now they are so fucking confident <laughs> with the mcu that they're like you know what we're gonna put that fucking purple condom on his head and they're like are you serious and it's like yeah 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 I'm fucking serious. Purple condom, Baron Zemo on his head, sword fighting the 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 Winter Soldier. Everyone's like, "All right, I'm down." <laughs> I mean, it'll it'll work, but it's just like it's sort of like uh fuck the Ant Man helmet, for example. Like you look at the OG Ant Man helmet, it's like it's kind of stupid, and then you look at it in the films, especially that it's like it's a sealed suit and the helmet flips over and all that sort of stuff. So I feel like they could modernize it if they wanted to, and it could be like a Sort of like how Iron Man has his Mark One in the first in the first film, how it looks, you know, thrown together, and then at the end, oh, for of, the film, sure. of course, he has a, a proper suit. Yeah, for sure. And then we get we get that lovely banter between, uh, you know, Sam and Bucky, uh, you know, towards the end where he's <laughs> where he drops the "I hate you." <laughs> What's going on in that cyborg brain of yours? You don't want to know. Oh yeah, I can see it working. Gears turning. Oh, they're malfunctioning. They're on fire. God, I hate you. I hate you. Yeah, it was. It was. I do like the new uh, the Falcon uniform. Like he, he, his wings actually feel or look like sort of more organic rather than like blocky sort of style. Um, I'm interested to know though, like the Captain America shield. Like, 
Does where he is wear, it? Where is it? Does he wear this new Falcon oh, outfit for like the first you don't, episode? You don't or know two? where it is. It's it's with U.S. Agent. It's it's with uh, Wyatt Russell's character who is who's playing U.S. Agent. He he's the uh, dude you see running onto the football field in the Captain yeah. America outfit, high fiving the 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 drumline guy. But uh, how <laughs> and why did he get that shield? Like it was given to Sam. So how did Sam? Lose because it. did Captain America ever truly own that shield? It was given to him by Tony Stark, who who was creating it for the Super Howard Soldier. Stark. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, Howard Stark. It was given to him by Howard Stark, and Howard Stark was working for the United States government when he developed it, and he was developing it for for a purpose. So it technically belonged to the United States government. They can take it back anytime they want. That's such a douche move. I'm I am really hoping for this series as well. We get. Uh, Steve Rogers as old man Steve Rogers and he does that sort of like you know leads the Avengers or leads the crew sort of thing I kind of like that idea you, you you want that from the comics the the the, the you know, Steve Rogers running shield essentially quote yeah. unquote yeah I think I think that'd old be man. a kind of cool little run to do mm-hmm. like I, I, I you know he doesn't have to do any action intensive scenes they can just I don't want prosthetic them to. his face up like sweet. I don't want them That's, to yeah such a such a beautiful send off for the character I want I want to leave it that way for a couple more years just let it go. Yeah, it was good. I it like- was a good send off. I forgot that's how the film ends with them dancing and then it just fades yeah. to black. Yeah, I mean, for the Russo brothers, that was that was their guy. Like that was their character. That was that that was what brought them into this universe. And they were just like, we're to give him the most beautiful send off. You know, Tony gets to go out the hero. You know, because he he had the famous line. He's just like, uh, where, where Captain America says to him, you know, it's like what. You know, you, you would never be the guy to lay on top of the to, to lay on the wire. Yeah, you know, let another guy crawl over you. He goes, no, I would just cut the wire. And then, lo and behold, the last Avengers movie. Who jumps on the I've, fucking wire? I was thinking that to myself. Like everyone has a really cool moment. Like Iron Man saves, essentially saves everyone. Captain America has that really great shot of him standing alone against Thanos and his army with a broken fucking shield strapped to his arm. Fantastic shot. It's like, what does Thor really get? Like he gets to live. <laughs> When you think about it, he doesn't have one of those moments of like being this like awesome, cool sort of thing. Like because he doesn't he's have coming, one of those things because he's he's still growing. He's coming out of yeah. that depression, and, and we're getting more Thor. We're not getting any more Iron Man. We're not getting any more any more Chris true. Evans. Captain we're getting America, some pretty so. cool Thor. Yeah, so so we're we're gonna get some Thor coming up. Uh, you know, uh, we we learned that Black Widow, Eternals, Shang Chi, and uh, the Legend of the Ten Rings. We now learn that they all have release dates that have been shifted, but they still are coming to the theaters. So Black Widow will be coming out May seventh, twenty twenty one. July 9th, twenty twenty one will be Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and November fifth, twenty twenty one will be the Eternals. So they've pretty much just shifted all those back practically about mm. a year. So um, and, and Shang Chi is being uh, has wrapped production, but that was being filmed in Sydney. Yes, um, it was not too not too far from the Sydney Harbour Bridge. So it would be like one of those things where you could go to the the CBD, go into like a viewing platform, and you could actually see the set from the viewing platform. Like it was actually really close to the city. And I believe they were also uh, using the same technology that they used for um, for the Mandalorian. That 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 kind of like that panoramic set that they use uh yep. where they use uh matte projections and stuff like that to look fantastic and real and everything like that and i believe they were using that for shang chi as well uh which is why they were able to film during the pandemic and not have to go to multiple locations um it's it's really fantastic they actually kathleen kennedy during the investor call spent a, a fair bit of time talking about that technology how they have one in burbank they're they're currently building two more uh and they have one in australia and one in atlanta as well so so uh, it's 
that technology is fucking mind blowing. And uh, when you watch the Mandalorian, you have no clue that they're not in a desert. Like it, you know. Well, the every bit of it looks like they are where you think they are. Yeah, there there is a um there is a LucasArts Disney studio in like a not a uh, not a Disneyland unfortunately, um but it's a it's a production studio in Sydney, um and uh my parents' neighbor is a visual effects editor for Disney and he is currently doing Shang Chi at the moment. So I'm like, I am talking to the person who edits Marvel movies. <laughs> and 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 you're not blowing him to get like a <laughs> <laughs> Man, I fuck your dick, man. What you say to me? I'll fuck your dick, man. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it was one of those things like, oh yeah, he works on movies. I'm like, what movies he's working on? Oh, he's working on some you know, Ching Pao and the I'm like Shang Chi. He's like, yeah, he's working on that film. I'm like, Jesus Christ! It's like, yeah, he's editing it now. So, did you uh, did you watch the Loki trailer? Because they did drop I the, did. the first I did. full Loki trailer. Loki, uh, you know, obviously gets gets his hands on the Tesseract and transports himself to another place where he is eventually seems to be picked up by Owen Wilson, who works for the Time Variance Alliance, and it seems like he's less of a prisoner and more of an operative at, at certain points during this trailer. He's oh, yeah. very much wearing like a Time Variance uh, Alliance uh, suit and and it seems like he's working for them, probably to save his own skin in some way, shape, or form. But people who were watching it may have recognized you know some things like Roxxon was mm-hmm. on there which is one of those big conglomerate companies that was always going up against Tony Stark and his Stark tech or going up against Danny Rand and Rand Industries and stuff like that in the comic books so there's it, it, it looks pretty deep but one of the things like my wife was confused about and I had to remind her that different timeline equals somewhat different universe uh, towards the end Loki is jumping out of a plane and he's basically hoping that Thor and Heimdall will see him and catch him with the Rainbow Bridge and transport him to wherever he needs to go. And obviously it happens. My wife's like, but isn't Idris Alba died, right? And I was like, yeah, in that timeline, Idris Alba's dead. Yeah, it was the, the 2012 but Loki as well, just after the Battle of New York. Our Loki, the Loki we followed from, from the original Thor movie, is dead. He's done. This is a different Loki and essentially because he has different experiences because pulled out from 2012, you know, he doesn't have his brotherly love moment that came in Thor Dark World. You know, he doesn't have that that Thor Ragnarok relationship that they built. He doesn't have Endgame where he gave up his life to save his brother. You know, he, he doesn't have any of that. Yeah. He he's he's the dark Loki that we knew and loved and still is making women moist. Apparently, this is my bargain, you mewling quim. Well, there was some people <laughs> were saying as well that oh, Black Widow's on Vormir in the trailer, and it's like it's a it's a person with blonde short hair sitting down with like purple lights above it. I'm like, when Black Widow went to Vormir, she had long red hair with blonde tips on the end because it had grown out. She didn't have short blonde hair. On Vormir. So people like, Could be anybody. Yeah, it's like, I don't think it's Black Widow. What I'm most intrigued about is the vote for Loki um, button that's on his jacket. Yeah. And in the last shot of the trailer, I was like, did he go back to like the 70s or 80s and like basically win the presidential election? That would be rad. <laughs> I, do, I do hope we, get to, awesome. we get to see Idris Elba and, uh, and Thor, of course, in. I want to see Heimdall and Thor and even Odin, if need be, in this series because he calls out to, to Heimdall. 
to use the Bifrost. I'm like, let's see Heimdall. Let's see Thor. Like, we can have him for a yeah. split fucking second, but let's see them. We had Tom Hanks in bloody, in the Borat film. Like, we can do it. Life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> we could we can make this happen exactly we can do this thing so loki will be the third series to release on disney plus from the mcu and it will be coming out in may of 2021 all right so uh we also got a little bit of footage from what i'm weirdly most excited for is what if yeah yeah, which will be coming out in in the summer of 2021, and Jeff Wright is still playing Oatu the Watcher. Uh, I believe it's going to be a voice because this is an animated series, but it's going to be a, a series of episodes where we go back through the MCU as we know it, and we're going to do some variants on the story. And I love Marvel What If stories; they're a ton of fun. Yeah, you get some of the some of the greatest comic books ever written are what if stories, like Superman Red Sun, my favorite Superman book ever. It's a what if story, um, and yeah, exactly. there there is one sort of tease of what would most likely be a separate potential episode or is an episode of the the what if for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, I want to watch that one. That's going to be a good one. That is where uh, th- that that that's the main footage that they showed in in these in these trailers. It is basically what would have happened if T'Challa was picked up by Yondo. <laughs> Yeah. Instead of Peter Quill. I'm there popping, y'all. We we don't do that here. And it's like, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. I want to see that. It sounds like a great episode. Well, I mean, we also get to see Peggy Carter as Captain Britain. Mm-hmm. And we also get to see the Marvel zombies. And I think this is a nice, fun, sly way. I don't know whether they'll do it or not. This is completely speculation, but this is just me playing devil's advocate and like and have fun with this type of stuff. I think it's a nice way to bring Deadpool into shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's a nice way just to be like, you didn't know Deadpool was here the whole time? What, what, what if Deadpool was here the whole time? Because there is a what if comic that's like Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. They did like a whole series of like Wolverine kills the Marvel Universe, Punisher kills the Marvel Universe, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Uh, I think I think it'd be a lot of fun to just like fit Deadpool into these stories and stuff like that because we do know that we are getting a Deadpool three. It's been greenlit and it is going to be R rated and it's going to be being released not under the Disney banner, but it will be being released under 20th Century Studios banner. So uh, I'm excited for What If, man. What If seems like a ton of fucking fun. Basically, the writers get to be like, if whatever you want to do, go nuts. By the way, the budget's super low, you know, in comparison to our live action series because it's animated. We got kids in sweatshops in Taiwan finishing the animation cells. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. <laughs> that's how the Simpsons is. That's how the Simpsons does it. That's how we're gonna do. It. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. They own the Simpsons as well. They could probably just use the same kids. Exactly. Uh, uh, we we did confirm that Moon Knight is a series that's coming once again. Oscar Isaac is still only a rumor to be the lead. They did not say that it was going to be Oscar Isaac, but I'm I, I'm very intrigued by this because I'm not a Moon Knight fan. In that, like I've read Moon Knight from the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. I'm a David Finch Moonlight uh, Moon Knight fan. Like if you read if you read those comics where David I'm sorry David Finch was the artist and the writer for it. That's basically where you get the current backstory for him, where he 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 basically gave his life to Kanchu to save himself because the Bushmaster who was another mercenary he was working with left him for dead. And I really hope Bushmaster is basically the, the, the main villain in this. Uh, cause he's a fucking psychotic. Yeah. Well, we got uh, Bushmaster in Luke Cage season two as well. 
We did. That's true. Mm. That's true. So it's a nice way to kind of tie that in and maybe even, you know, rumors of Charlie Cox being in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Possible that we can get we can get Luke Cage back in the MCU as well. Because if you're going to ask me, can you bring back two characters uh, and you have to choose? Sorry, Danny Rand. It, I, I love Iron Fist in the comics. Brubaker and Fraction did a fantastic job with that character. You guys on Netflix, not so much. Sorry. That that episode on Luke Cage season two with the Heroes for Hire episode, that is a fantastic episode. Awesome. And I'm, episode. I'm surprised awesome that episode. they didn't announce, like, we're doing a Heroes for Hire TV series. We're going to have- But Moon Knight, Moon Knight fits with those guys. Exactly. Yeah. He is a Marvel Knight, essentially. Like, And, and, and most of those series are, are released under the Marvel Knights line, And if, if you read the comic books. And he fits right in with those characters. And it's it would be a nice way just to kind of- get back to that stuff because you know i I don't think daredevil had its strongest third season but no it it wasn't it wasn't great it was still it was it was yeah it it, it was still good it teased uh what's his name uh bullseye at the end of it um with the he had a vibranium spine or something like that they were putting into him um but then they also like they, they ended iron fist like iron fist season two ends in a place where i was actually like wait a minute now Iron Fist is actually going to get good, mm-hmm. where he finds out that you know where he finds out about about the other Iron Fist with 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 the guns and the st- and I was like that's they're finally getting into like Fraction and Brubaker and <laughs> then Fist. it ends and then it ends. And, and Luke Cage was the head of the the bloody the, the the bar or the club or whatever it was he took over for um uh, I can't remember the the person he, he took over for the gangster of the head of the the club. And I'm like, cool, all right, we have Luke Cage, who is, like, the leader of this club, and it's notorious for tearing people down, and Luke Cage ends. So, I, I really want Disney to to bring back these characters, and the actors who portrayed them as well, yeah. Well, I mean, if rumors are true and Charlie Cox winds up showing up in Spider-Man 3 as Daredevil, I think it's a yard sale at that point. You may get all these characters back. There was I was talking so. to a, a mate in the, in the in the comic book shop that we recorded, and he goes, "I want to have a shot of Spider-Man being represented by Matt Murdock in a in a courtroom, and then the camera just zooms out, and you see Frank Castle sitting there with a rifle aimed at Spider-Man, and then the, the <laughs> right. scene just ends. And I'm like, that's a way to fucking wrap up the movie. Right, going back to going back to Frank Castle, the Punisher's first appearance, where he was hired by the Jackal to kill Spider-Man. Exactly, be perfect. He. He basically sold Spider-Man as the menace that he was to the Punisher and basically sold the Punisher on the fact that Spider-Man is a criminal. You kill criminals. Kill that criminal. Um, but I look forward to Oscar Isaac uh, basically playing the the multifaceted character of Moon Knight because Moon Knight does suffer from dissociative personality disorder, meaning multiple personalities live inside him. There is, you know, the Mark Spector, the rich billionaire. There is the Moon Knight that shows up as a detective wearing a three-piece suit and a white top hat. And then there's the Moon Knight that flies around the city at night in a moon-shaped glider, uh, dropping down, wearing a white outfit so all criminals can see him, and he wants them to come for him because he just wants to make them feel pain. <laughs> so I mean, it'd uh, be a great way to do it. Yeah, I, I look forward to Oscar Isaac 
playing these multiple facets because I think if you watch Oscar Isaac like in the movies he's made like if you watch him in like Ex Machina and then you watch him as like Poe Dameron it's like the dude's the dude's good the dude's a great actor man uh, and he can do multifaceted very well and then just kind of wrapping things up here it's kind of like a rapid fire uh so thor love and thunder we get a confirmation that's going to be coming out may 6 2020 and they finally confirm that christian bale will be paying mm-hmm. will be playing uh gore the god killer the god butcher the God Butcher. Oh, uh, don't get me wrong. This is if you haven't read Jason Aaron's run on Thor, it is fan fucking tastic. Um, the 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 interesting thing about adding gore into the movie, um, it looks like they're probably for this particular movie they're going to cover a lot of Jason Aaron's work because gore was a main thing. Of course, we've seen the photos of Natalie Portman uh, coming back and she's holding a photo of Molnir and stuff like that. So that is a big event as well. How are they going to bring back Molnir? Are they going to use Stormbreaker? Who knows? Um, but gore or, is or or knowing mm-hmm. the fact that WandaVision exists, Multiverse of Madness, Spider Man in multiple oh. universes, is I, it possible? Well. I mean, we do know that, but by the end of Endgame, Steve Rogers returned all the Infinity Stones to their proper timelines as he was supposed to, but no one told him he had to return Thor's hammer. <laughs> he took it with him, though. At least that was that was the for me. I'm like, he yeah. better be returning that hammer. Um, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you know, the, this is all for nothing. <laughs> but they they could also find a way to bring it back. There's been multiple instances in the comics where Thor's hammer's been destroyed, and you know. Uh, Doctor Strange has put it back at one point and another point it, you know, exploded. There's heaps of different things that's happened to Thor's hammer. Um, so there's always a way to bring it back. But it's like, does he actually hand Molnir or does he hand uh, Stormbreaker off? And if rumors are to be believed, this will be the first time that we will get better Ray Bill in Ooh. a Thor movie well it's going to be interesting because beta Ray Bill uses Stormbreaker. He doesn't use Molnir and Stormbreaker is already a pre-existing item. Exactly. But maybe we'll get unworthy thought. That would be a fucking great Disney Plus series. No, I think I think he's proved his worth now. I don't think we need to go back to unworthy Thor. I think we need to. I I I think we need. We now need to where they're going with this is sowing the seeds for for the the fallout of Ragnarok. Um, you know, back when everybody was pretty much lost, or where all the gods, all, everyone from Asgard was was lost, and Thor was was lost essentially and had to find himself again and wake up the rest of them i i, I something tells me that there's there, there's yeah. something along those lines that's well, the, going to be going on we also of course we'll see at least something of what happened to thor with guardians of the galaxy 3 which will probably come out before thor love and thunder no i believe guardians of the galaxy 3 will be coming out after oh thor, okay. love well, and thunder um, but the big- uh, and the guardians of the galaxy will be in thor love and thunders i think they had to shift some of that shooting schedule around james gunn because he is still wrapping up the suicide squad the suicide squad coming <laughs> to hbo max <laughs> the uh the interesting thing though with with gore the the god uh the god butcher uh and look a little bit of spoilers for the book here but gore uh hates all gods because he was like a peasant on a planet that had no food no water gods arrived uh to the planet who were fighting each other they killed each other and gore takes one of these gods weapons and it is a weapon that can be used to actually kill god so he's called the god butcher because he was going through it out every religion of every space alien culture anything that is considered a god and he would kill it and the weapon is a symbiote so he uses as exactly, and that ties into. I'm not worried about yeah. the symbiote. Can we get Hercules finally? 
We could get Hercules because that, that's the whole thing is he goes through like, you know, even, you know, religions that are made up in the Marvel comic books. He kills those gods uh, and he uses a symbiote. One of my favorite Marvel books is is the is the Twelve Trials of Hercules, where he has to where Hercules has to prove himself, and then in Thor's in uh in in Hulk's absence when Hulk was on Planet Hulk, uh, when when he was thrown away on Scar, he essentially became the Incredible Herc, the Incredible Hercules, and I've been dying Jesus. to get Hercules, just basically a drunk Greek god <laughs> roaming around the. <laughs> so picture picture uh you know the way Thor was in Endgame, but then add brashness boldness and and loudness to, to and him. no and no be billy like that's and that's no basically no. yeah that's basically um, herc so it's gonna be interesting because gore ties into null the god of symbiotes which then of course ties into venom so it's like are they actually wanting to connect all these dots that exist in the books because at the moment there's there's a lot going on which which then goes to feige saying our spider-man <laughs> you're tying venom into thor you need to the symbiote is a big deal for null like that is his weapon against thor but also in that book thor uses three thors to take down null so that's where we could get jane foster we could get better a bill and we could have thor take on null where in the books he uses thor when he was a kid to viking thor which is before he was worthy to lift molnir and then you get king thor which is old man odin style thor where he has the destroyer's arm as his arm because he's lost his arm in battle um, so, uh, and essentially, what you're talking about is Thor's from multiple universes, no, different timelines, bringing us back to when when basically Feige said like WandaVision is the kickoff for this multiverse that we are building. Yeah, so it's it's, it's gonna. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I I also hope that Thor loses his big his big gut for this next film oh i'm sure he will so we were talking about guardians of the galaxy a little bit in that little diatribe another thing that was brought up was that guardians of the galaxy will be returning with guardians of the galaxy 3 there is no official release date for that but all signs are pointing to late 2022 for that uh possibly early 2023 but we will be getting Guardians of the Galaxy on Disney Plus because they will be filming this concurrently with Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It will be written and directed by James Gunn and the entire cast will be returning. We are getting the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special paying homage to Star Wars and it's is holiday so good. special. It's gonna be so <laughs> fucking good. We're also getting for, for, for the kiddies for, for, for like my daughter who loves Baby Groot slash spoilers Grogu. <laughs> um, yeah, his name's Grogu. If anyone goes, oh, I don't like the name Grogu. That's his name. That's we're, his name. we're not changing it. You know what? I don't. I, I don't like Ben Kenobi. He's Obi Wan to me. But yeah, anytime that's a fake. After- that's a fake name though. That's a fake name he's given to himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's different. <laughs> But uh, we're also going to be getting a Baby Groot series as well. So I kind of look forward to those. Uh, uh, The release date for Gardens of the Galaxy, the holiday special, will not be until holiday season 2022. So not 2021, which would be next year, 2022, the following year, which kind of gives you an idea of how long it is before Gardens of the Galaxy 3 will actually see theaters. And then... Wrapping things up, we got a whole bunch of new series being announced. This is all stuff that we've practically never heard of before other than rumors. Uh, We got Secret Invasion coming, which will star Mm -hmm. Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn, obviously reprising their roles as Nick Fury. And Ben and, and Ben Mendelsohn and, and will be fake Nick his, Fury and fake Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn will be returning as Talos the Scroll and it's going to be dealing with a rogue faction of Scrolls who have infiltrated every level of Earth as Scrolls 
because scrolls are shape changers, as we know from Talos impersonating Nick Fury. And uh, it, this will be a limited series run, which we know that Disney Plus it has several limited series runs that are going to be coming out where it's only about six episodes. This is one season, one and done, and they're out. Uh, and I look forward to this because other than Civil War, if you had to tell me what is the, the modern seminal Marvel story that has shaped marvel going forward in at least in my time it's civil war mm. followed by next year's secret invasion uh, i remember sitting get- in 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 a comic-con panel where like brian michael bendis was like standing up there and he's just like hey, you know what's after civil war jeez i don't know civil war changed our world so much it changed the mc it, it changed marvel comics like it shook it to its core you know um cap's dead where do we go from this secret There's invasion? A, uh, Scrolls. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? Oh, we all went nuts. It was amazing. I, I, f- I feel like for this as well, like it's going to be like how the Defenders were for the, the the Netflix series. Like everyone had their own show and then Defenders were brought everyone together. And I feel like this could be fucking great to bring movie characters, of course, in, but to bring Falcon and the Winter Soldier in, to bring WandaVision, whoever in, to have it like- as a draw card of like, if you don't have Disney Plus, get Disney Plus because yeah. you get all these great shows and then they all come together in this limited series. But the, the nice part is it's limited. So if they did do that, both every actor is a checking off another check of their of their contract where they have to appear in a certain number of things. They're also, you know, not highly committed for a long time because it's not like you're being asked to do an entire series. So it, it, it that that does track. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like that theory that like that this could bring a whole bunch of people together. Um, but also, we're going to be seeing a whole lot more of Nick Fury and Sword. You know, moving forward because we know that that Rambo, that the, you know the 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 daughter who is uh, who is basically Captain Marvel currently in the comics, um, she. Or Blue Star. I think she's Blue Star. I forget what her name is. But uh, she she essentially is an agent of S.W.O.R.D., one of the first agents of S.W.O.R.D. So, you know, moving forward, we're going to get a whole lot of Nick Fury and S.W.O.R.D. where he's built this global defense system, the one that Tony, practically the one that Tony Stark has always talked about building. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> outside on a satellite. And he's no longer involved with S.H.I.E.L.D. because... Why worry about the threats of Earth? We've already seen three threats from the outside. They're all pretty fucking scary. So uh, I look forward to that. Uh, We're also going to get Ironheart, which will be following a new, I guess, armor builder, you want to say, a new mech builder. It's going to be Riri Williams, who is a 15-year-old wonder kid, uh, and she will be being played by Dominique Thorne. She makes the world's most advanced suit of armor since Tony Stark's Iron Man armor. So uh, not much is known about this series, but likely that series will tie in to the new series that they've announced for Disney Plus, which is in pre-production, which will be Don Cheadle starring in Armor Wars. So War Machine will be back, Rhodey, in the in Armor Wars, which is one of the classic Iron Man, I guess, comic book stories. What happens yeah. when the bad guys of the world get their hands on Tony Stark's tech on his armor and armor wars is going to, is going to explore that whether, you know, Tony Stark will be back or not is yet to be seen. Most likely not. I don't think that they're, that they're dying to get Robert Downey Jr. And the millions upon millions of dollars they have to pay him to be in Marvel movies back for that. But you can swap one Iron Man for another. And 
on top of that, you can fit your new character of Riri Williams into that story very finely. And a Spider-Man, if you wanted to. Yeah, if Spider, you wanted yeah. to. If Sony wanted to put him out there, it's possible. And then finally, we got the we, we got the, the final name for Ant-Man and the Wasp 3. It is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. And I love this name because one of my biggest criticisms of the MCU is why were we able to why are they able to do this? How could how is this possible? And the answer is quantum quantum energy quantum physics quantum realm quantum anything put quantum in front of it and it explains any impossibility that you have <laughs> in, in modern knowledge and of science <laughs> just put quantum in front of it so now they're like you know what quantum explains everything it's gonna be a quantum mania i mean i'm, I'm especially looking forward to the they've announced that of course you know michael Pena and all that sort of gang will be coming back um but with uh kang the conqueror which as a comic book creator, I haven't read anything with Kang, but I know he is a big deal when it comes to not only as a villain, but when it comes to time itself. Um, so well, that's Kang be is interesting because I've been talking about this for for a while, and there's a lot of things going on in Disney, and they didn't really touch on it much during the investors' call. But obviously, you know, we do know that we we're getting Hawkeye, and along with Hawkeye, we are getting Hawkeye Two, uh, Kate Bishop. And she yes, is the a DLC that just dropped for the video we, game as well. Right. We also get a a mention in the Falcon Winter Soldier trailer where Sam says that you know you you don't know the history of that shield. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes to it, which to me, and I might be putting more on this line than I than I think mm-hmm. is 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 referring to Josiah X who was essentially the original super soldier because if you know anything about your American history, before we tested anything on our white soldiers, we tested it on black soldiers first. And Josiah X was the test subject for the super soldier serum before it was given to white boy Steve Rogers. Oh, I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And the Patriot, who is a member of the Young Avengers, is none other than the grandson of Josiah X. Fuck, that's The original cool. super soldier. So you're getting threads here, again, that are building you to a Young Avengers. I mean, I feel like as well, we need some other characters for Young Avengers. Of course, Kate Bishop, um, you know, now potentially Josiah X. We could maybe get something from the Thor world in some way, seeing as we got Lady Sif returning for Thor as well. Um, well, we, I mean, we, we're also getting the, the, the twins, obviously, in, in WandaVision. We're getting both Speed and Wiccan who yeah, are the children of the vision. So they are also young Avengers members. And then we know that Cassie Lang has essentially been recast now. Yeah, she's she's um yeah, well from the events of Endgame she's now older as well, so she could fit into the Young Avengers. I still I really want a Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider for a Young Avengers, but they're not going to do it. Yeah. So uh Cassie Lang has been recast and she's gonna be playing by she's gonna be played by Catherine Newton. Uh she's a young and up and coming actress. She was in Big Little Lies, she was in uh Detective Pikachu, uh oh, she was also in freaky. Blockers. And most recently I just did my review for Freaky, which if you haven't watched it yet, I'm telling you, it it's, I wanna it's watch kind it. of worth I wanna watch it, yeah. 
it's kind of worth the twenty dollars. Uh, she's a great actress. Uh, so she's Cassie Lang, who played Stature in the Young Avengers. I think we're getting a Young Avengers sooner than you think. They're just not quite ready to announce it yet. All right, and then uh, final thing here that they announced, which just gets me all kinds of feeling warm, toasty on the inside. Fantastic Four. Yep, I'm very excited for this. Nothing, nothing's announced for it story-wise. Nothing's announced for it acting-wise. Nothing's announced for it any any-wise. But Fantastic Four, Marvel's first family, is finally at home under the the Marvel banner uh, in the MCU. We will be getting the first family, and it, it, like if you ask me, what are the most what are the two most iconic things about Marvel comics? I would say first Spider-Man because I think he's the most yep, iconic yep. Marvel character. Second is Fantastic Four, Marvel's first family. It's it, it was the first team book ever written by Stan Lee. It is the quintessential uh, you know, Marvel family essentially. You watch these characters grow up, you know, from 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 uh, not teenagers but young adults into marriage into adulthood into their kids you know franklin going off with power pack and stuff like that they everything that's ever happened major in marvel comics has some way involved reed richards and his brilliant brain he is the smartest man on the planet yeah and then from there you could even potentially do the illuminati which you know you get Reed Richards, you can't do Tony Stark because he's dead. Yeah, Shuri, Black Panther, you could do, of course, Professor X and Beast, which I was a little surprised there was nothing being like X-Men's coming. Like, yes, Fantastic Four is, is, is fantastic, but nothing on X-Men. I'm sitting there going, oh, I think I think we need X-Men. You're talking to investors and all they know about X-Men is that the last X-Men movie fucking bombed. That is true. Yeah, that, that's a good way of that's a good way of putting it. It's either that or it's it's Hugh Jackman. Um, while this was what while this while this event was published to us on YouTube, we could all watch it. I watched all four hours of it. Jesus, yeah, I did, I did. Uh, I didn't watch it live. I did go back and rewatch it. I wasn't watching it live, but and they did block out most of the most of the footage that they showed. They didn't show it to us. They are, you know, it, it still wasn't for fans. This fans are t- are getting a lot from it, and we have a lot to discuss because of it. And they wanted that, but this was not for fans. So they have to, by doing this, it wasn't about pleasing fans. It was about pleasing investors. Uh, But fans get to reap the benefits of it and talk about it and continue, quote unquote, their message moving forward. So that's essentially what we were doing and and uh they did a fantastic job of it um i don't i don't think i've ever been more excited for the mcu and i don't think i've been more excited for star wars in a long Mm -hmm. time because coming up next me and duty we got to go through all the news all the new series and everything that's going to be coming out for star wars in the very near future. Unfortunately, we know a whole lot more about what's coming for the MCU than we do for Star Wars because we know a lot about MCU comics. Star Wars is a little different. All their comics, all their books, everything prior to 2013 doesn't exist. But they are cherry-picking things here and there. So, Diddy, let's head over. Let's take a trip to a galaxy far, far away.
things first. Patty Jenkins has mended her ties with Disney. Years ago, she was tasked to direct a little movie called Thor Dark World. And she was fired. Really? And then that salted uh, Natalie Portman on doing any more Thors. So she didn't come back for Thor 3 uh, or any Avengers film. So Patty Jenkins was set to direct a movie with Disney a long time before that. But I, I it, not everything was bad for Patty Jenkins as a result of that. She did wind up directing Wonder Woman and the soon to come to HBO Max and theaters, Wonder Woman 1984. That's just some interesting backstory. Patty Jenkins, her father, also a fighter pilot, a U.S. fighter pilot. Uh, so he, she's, she's very used to hearing stories about fighter pilots. And they did a, a wonderful video of Patty Jenkins on a tarmac, on a runway, talking about this, how she's always wanted to make the greatest fighter pilot movie. And now Disney has given her the opportunity because in the Star Wars universe, fighter pilots can have no better vehicle to fly than an X-Wing. And she will be the director of Rogue Squadron, which if you're a Star Wars fan, longtime Star Wars fan, Rogue Squadron is something that you remember staying up late at night with your Mountain Dew playing Rogue Squadron on your N64. I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! <laughs> mm-hmm. Or if you're me, you read the Rogue Squadron novels and there was nothing cooler than reading about military tactics in a three in a three-dimensional space. <laughs> X-Wing's attacking from below, from the sides, in space, you could attack from any direction, and X-Wing was always always great at reminding you of that. So this story will be introducing a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing, high-speed thrill ride and move the Star Wars saga into the future era of the galaxy, which is an interesting fucking way of putting it, Kathleen Kennedy. Those were Kathleen Kennedy's exact words. Pushing the Star Wars saga into a future era of the galaxy. It's 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 interesting as well because the logo is of course for self for it's a an T, X-wing too. Yeah, it's a T. Uh, shit, it's not a T seventy five. T eighty. I think it's a T eighty. So the new X wings, but then in the right. teaser thing, she's getting into a T seventy five. She is, but on the logo, it is, and, and the way you tell the difference between the two types of that wings, X-Wings is, in the OG trilogy, they have full circle engines, four full circle engines. In the sequel trilogy, they have four half circle engines. Uh, and on the logo for this, it is four half circle engines. And they say, taking it into the future. So might this be taking place post Rise of Skywalker. And is that more interesting than this taking place during a sequel trilogy or even original trilogy? Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, the, the logo's a T-70 and then she gets into a T-65 in the teaser. Um, I'm, 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 I wouldn't mind it being sort of in the middle because um, then we could see, like, you know, old pilots in their old ships against, you know, young recruits in the new upgraded X-Wings and stuff like that. And you could see the, the positives and the negatives of each or having, like, a, a the leader of a, of a fucking a squadron, of, of Rogue Squadron, is using an old X-Wing. You know, it's been his, his, you know, it's his old rust bucket that still stays together and does these fantastic feats. And everyone else is using, you know, the new B wings, the new A wings, the new bombers, and all that sort of stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, this. So this is 
uh, a film, number one. This is not a series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. This is a film. And you know, uh, it will be coming to theaters. I don't know what the story is at all. I just, I'm just intrigued by this idea that possibly mm. we could go further past the rise of Skywalker and hopefully, maybe try to heal some of the wounds that the sequel trilogy created. Pass on what you have learned. Strength, mastery, but weakness, folly, failure also. Yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher failure is. When I say things like that, I'm not sitting here saying that I don't like the sequel trilogy or I hate those movies. I don't necessarily think they were good for Star Wars in the fact that they divided fans. And I think healing that bridge is the only way that Disney moves forward with Star Wars in a healthy way that doesn't compromise their product. <laughs> and I'm not sure if telling a story past that timeline is the way to do it. They're obviously already trying to do it with the Mandalorian and we'll get into some of that later on. But uh, just the name rogue squadron alone, hearing the word rogue number one uh, in star Wars makes you think of, you know, like I said, rogue squadron video games, rogue one. It's uh, yeah. Rogue is, is because that's what rebels are. They're rogues, man. And uh, I look forward to this. Um, It's, it's top gun. In the Star Wars universe, just danger zone. Fucking ace not- pilots taking it on, and nothing. I like. I love the dogfights, and I always felt that Star Wars had this great thing where, like, they they essentially filmed that uh, they took film stock from World War II of fighter pilots and stuff like that, and then they put it onto screen. And sometimes shot for shot. Which 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 is a nice a nice takeaway from it and stuff like that. But I always felt like we never got enough of it. And now you're telling me I'm getting a whole movie of fighter pilots. Basically, that entire end fight of of Rogue One over top of the planet trying to break through the shield array. But I'm getting it in a entire movie sold um yeah i'm looking forward to it whether they're, they're obviously going to do at least some form of big battle where people will die but i want to see stuff like you know they have to sneak onto a planet all that sort of stuff like that you know engines low power low you know can't go above radar or anything like that so they don't get scanned i'm <clears throat> i'm looking forward to seeing how they do that sort of stuff and having the sort of what they tried to do with star wars squadrons the video game like you know this character who's the gruff mean guy or whatever he's the bomber the guy who doesn't talk and sit, never takes his helmet off or whatever it might be he's the this he's the that i kind of like what the that, yeah. that sort of thing so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this being two gamers who are coming off of playing squadrons yeah a, a, a bit yeah squadrons didn't have a lot to grab us for for multiple months or anything but for a good month or two you know we played squadrons and stuff and it, it's a lot of fun coming up with coming up with attack plans yep and the, the new ships are right now as well. Yeah, so uh, I look forward to this. This will be getting a release date of December 22nd, 2023. All right, next, keeping with our rogue theme, we have Andor, which is the Cassian Andor series, which will be a prequel that takes place five years before the events of Rogue One. That means that these events take place in 5 BBY, which is before the Battle of Yavin. This will be a spy thriller that is set in the Star Wars universe. Uh, Diego Luna will obviously be reprising his role as the rebel spy, Captain Cassian Andor. And 
Tony Gilroy, who co-wrote Rogue One, will be the co-creator and director and showrunner on the Cassian Andor series. Uh, He's also joined by Dan Gilroy, who was a writer behind the Jake Gyllenhaal film Nightcrawler, and Bo Williams, who was a writer on House of Cards, and Stephen Skiff, who was the writer on The American. So that writer's room alone has some fucking clout, for sure. Mm -hmm. So Cassian Andor is not the only Rogue One character that will be returning. Alan Tunick's K2SO will also be returning for the series. And if you're familiar with her, Genevieve O'Reilly. She played the senator Mon Mothma, who goes on to essentially become the de facto leader of the rebellion by the time we get to Return of the Jedi. Because many Bothans died to bring us this information. <laughs> she had a lot of scenes that were cut out of revenge of the sith but she did get her dues in rogue one playing mon mothma so she will also be reprising that role this film will be coming to i'm sorry this series will be coming to disney plus in 2022 duty does this does this do anything for you are you excited ex- for a Rogue One prequel? Uh, yes and no at the same time, because it's it's in my favorite time era. We're not going before the Empire. We are in the Empire and during their, their period of tyranny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we're, in that, so, we're in that Rebels, um, uh, Cal Kestis, uh, you know, um, yeah. Jedi Fallen Order, Rogue One timeline, Solo even. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I'm looking forward to seeing- uh, references, Easter eggs, you know, this is, you know, I didn't, don't want to spoil any particular things of news, but this is also a great time to bring characters who have been in Rebels into live action. If you've already established them and teased them in The Mandalorian, you, this is this is a great thing to throw them in there. Imagine Cal Kestis catches the attention of a certain Grand Admiral, like it'd be fucking great. Um, yeah. But also, yep. like, I, I, I don't want it to focus maybe... I want it to focus more on the, them against the Empire. I wouldn't necessarily want an episode of, oh, they've got to do something against the Huts or something like that. I, I like the, yeah. the the Rebels against the Empire. I like the idea that this is essentially a spy thriller set in the Star Wars universe. I love... So, like, uh, I mean, obviously, Jay, my co-host, is a, is, is a big fan of of spy thrillers. Um, but I, I, I enjoy spy thrillers. One of my favorite comic books that came out towards the end of dark horses run was the Imperial spy comic book. I absolutely, I absolutely love that book. So it basically follows an ISB agent, Imperial security bureau, which if you're watching, if you're current on Mandalorian, you've heard a lot of that mentioned recently. Mm -hmm. And he essentially goes undercover and, and he's looking for rebel spies. He's looking for the rebellion hidden within the empire, hidden within their infrastructure and stuff like that. And I, I would love this idea of Cassian Andor going like cat and mouse with the empire, right? Like he, he, this, these cloak and dagger missions. Like I expect it to be, you know, action. I, there will be action, but I expect it to be far more intrigue than action. And that kind of excites me a little bit. Well, yeah, it's 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 definitely something that it's going to be, of course, feeding off Rogue One because it's it's spy thriller. But it's it's going to be really interesting to having those like surrounded moments where like there's a heap of stormtroopers shooting down. There's only one way out of the corridor. I think we'll also probably get a little bit of the solo action in regards to yeah. how Cassian meets K2SO or how he, you know, corrupts For him sure. in terms of, you know, overrides his programming and stuff like that. It's also fun in the fact that it's consequenceless, right? Because Cassian Andor doesn't go past Rogue yeah. One. Oh, if, imagine if they made it as a sequel series. It just wouldn't work. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <The> zombies, Cal. 
<laughs> zombie Andor is just like Imperial brains. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just been like, like oh, it's, it's, just, it's set after the events of Rogue One. Hang on, he died. He exploded. Really? You came back to life as a zombie and you don't crave any brains except Imperial. <laughs> imperial I mean, brains. It's a lot better than some of the zombie films that are out there. It would be much better. Uh, I look forward to this because Rogue One, uh, you know, while it's not my favorite Star Wars movie, it is definitely probably my most rewatchable Star Wars movies. Um, And it's certainly better than all of the sequel trilogy. And on top of that, Mm -hmm. I think I, I think it actually did a lot for the Star Wars brand at the time that it came out. Um, I know it wasn't as well received as Disney would have wanted it to, but I think long lasting as far as fans go of the series, you know, I think if you mention Rogue One in front of in front of any any hardcore Star Wars fan or even the most minute mildest of Star Wars fans, they're like, yeah, that's some good shit. Uh, moving on. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. I think my uncle knows him. He said he was dead. Oh, he's not dead. Not yet. You know him. Well, of course I know him. He's me. I haven't gone by the name of Obi-Wan since all before you were born. Hello there. I mean, I did that this week on the oh, this week on the the, the last episode of Shaking Not Nerd this year. Anytime someone went Obi-Wan, to go Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I wonder if they're talking about old Ben. <laughs> that man's a crazy well, old he's got the same last name, so I assume it's the same guy. <laughs> I assume he's a brother or something, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. But we know that Ewan McGregor will be reprising his role. That's been obvious for some time because this was announced long ago. Christ, I think this has been in development since probably like 2018 or so. 2019, it was supposed to start filming for a, some sort of 2020 release, 2021 release. That's all been far, far, far pushed back now. They haven't even... I haven't even begun filming yet, but Ewan McGregor will be reprising his role as Obi-Wan. But more interestingly than that is that none other than Hayden Christensen will be returning as Darth Vader. I sense something, a presence I've not felt since. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. I mean, I'm really and fucking excited for that. And his hate for sand has never been bigger. <laughs> I hate sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. <laughs> we don't know if they'll fight each other again because it was the the only sort of line you get in episode four is, you know, last time we met, you were the master and I was a student. So, like, maybe Obi-Wan and Vader fight again and maybe Obi-Wan just fucks him up. Right. And I was talking to my wife about this because she's like, well, they can't fight each other, right? And I was like, well, no. I mean, Darth, Darth Vader has that line since I sense something. Something I've not felt since... And he doesn't finish the line, but like, what is it? Like, I sense something, something I've not felt since three weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right? When we fought each other, like on Tatooine Sands. (laughs) But surely they wouldn't fight on Tatooine Sands. Like, he'd want to like, you know, draw him away from Tatooine or something. So interestingly enough, this is going to be taking place 10 years after the dramatic events of Revenge of the Sith. So he's had a long time to sit in the desert and ruminate on that whole, you are my brother, Anakin. You would have chosen one. Well, what's the battle before Yavin? That's oh, 16 years. So yeah, about six years before the battle. We might get to see more Vader's castle. Uh, what we might get to see, wouldn't this be great if we just bring, we, we, we bring Ray back as Maul 
and we start this series off oh. with where Rebels went with two sons. Oh, and it's Obi-Wan versus Maul. fucking sick. Maul is the first challenger to come for Skywalker. And yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, but you'd also I, like, need, you also need you need McGregor to look like Alec Guinness more so, like actually more dead spit image. And I think the only way you could do that is if he's somehow like sort of CG half of Alec Guinness's face onto you and McGregor. No, I think I I don't think you need that. I I, I think I think both both those people uh, have played the character it, to to such fashion that if we just gave him some grayer hair and some gray beard, we're fine with that. I think we're fine with that. Or you end the series there. Maybe, maybe if you don't start the series there, you end the series there with Darth Maul arriving on there and and that fight, that that epically brief fight. And I know uh, people hate that fight. People hate how brief that fight is. But I actually love how brief that fight is because Obi-Wan has far surpassed Maul. He left him in the dust 20 years ago. It would be interesting. The, the last, you know, because it's it's a limited series. It's not, uh, a, you know, it's not going to be like the Mandalorian. Six episodes. Yeah. The- limited series, six episodes. And it's going to start filming uh, in 2021 for a 2022 release date. The last thing you hear just before the series ends is you hear Sam Witwer screaming Kenobi, and that's it. Kenobi! You, you hear that, and it just fucking ends, and you go, no, we got to see the fight! <laughs> right? Well, you'll have to watch Rebels Season 4 Twin Sons to see that fight. <laughs> oh, man. It was, Rebels is a fucking fantastic show. It's so good. Uh, just watch. If, if you're not sold on Rebels... Spoil yourself a little bit and go watch the 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 double episode season finale uh, where they basically take on the Inquisitors and Darth Vader and Maul inside of a Sith temple. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think for any Star Wars fan at this point, like if you just watched The Mandalorian and there's Ahsoka Tano and you've seen, you know of her and stuff like that, but you don't know a lot about her. If you haven't watched that episode, then it's like, you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> Oh because. man, that that is the only episode my wife has seen, and she's just like, there's so much raw emotion and power in some of the damn animated scenes. That that is a linchpin, literally like a linchpin for so much of what's going on in Star Wars currently, mm. right now. Uh, but I look forward to Obi Wan. It's been like my most anticipated series. Uh, I love you, McGregor. As me and Jay have talked about, the long way up, the long way round, long way down, all these long way series. We're waiting for the long way down under. When are you gonna get yep. there, Ewan? When are you gonna when are you gonna travel Australia on your motorcycles? We'll see. All right, duty. Next thing that they announced. Are you slimy, double crossing, no good swindler? You got a lot of guts coming here. After what you pulled. Well, hello, hello. What have we here? You My truly man. belong with us here amongst the clouds. <laughs> Lando Calrissian is getting his own series. It is in early production, so no release date is likely to be announced. Uh, but early thoughts are 2023 or sh- or so. They did show a sizzle reel for this uh, to the investors only, uh, and this sizzle reel was made by the showrunner Justin Simeon, uh, who is the creator behind Dear White People. And it rumors are that both Billy D. Williams and Donald Glover will both reprise the role in the series. And it looks like it may possibly be drawing inspiration from the Cal- from the Lando Calrissian adventures, which was a trilogy of novels which came out in 1983 that were set. 
before the time that Lando had lost the Millennium Falcon to Han Solo in a game of Sabacc. I mean, I'm really looking forward. Like, this is, out of all of them, this is my most anticipated because I love, I, I really enjoy the movie Solo. It's my second favorite from these new Disney films, by far. Fuck yeah, dude. And hashtag make Solo 2 happen. Uh, hashtag if it's not going to happen in, Sol- in Solo 2 form, make it happen in Lando TV series form. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, we've we got to get Alden Ehrenreich in there somewhere. I think it'll be after the events of him losing the Falcon because, you know, they, they get are- Get him con- in there. Get yeah, they- get baby Boba in a blue outfit before he makes it all green. Let's like let's let's start this history with these guys now because yeah. you know when we left when we left Han he was traveling to he was traveling to Tatooine and he was going to go see a hut cartel guy about a job and it's like oh that's gonna start you down a dark path sir. I'm not sure if that's what you want. <laughs> I think I think it would be fucking great teaming these two up again. At least, at least if you're going to do a limited series run again, like if you're doing like your six episodes, like you did for Obi Wan, let's do six episodes. And at least one of those ones involves Alden Ehrenreich's Han. Yep, you got to you, you got to have Han. You got to have Chewie in there somewhere. Um, I there were there were thoughts in regards to the episodes are started and narrated by Lando as if he's uh, uh, not Lando, but that's what uh, I thought too. Yeah, of Billy D as as, uh, as as it's it's gonna be narrated by Lando as if he's playing Lando. Yeah, <laughs> but like because in in Solo we see him doing his you know his captain logs and he's you know the Lando Carizian you know stories and all that sort of stuff like that in the movie. I'm like maybe exactly. it's the retelling of these stories and he's telling it to someone or whatever it might be. This but- show already like solo solo already wrote this story for you yeah someone finds lando's recorders and listens to his adventures yeah and that person listening to his adventures is billy d williams listening to his own recordings and he's talking to what was her name jana jana i don't know i've only watched that movie once i'll never watch it again (laughs) (laughs) rise of skywalker ends with him and jana going off to find out where jana came from and uh, it could very easily just be him kind of regaling her with her with with the stories and stuff like that. Father talking to daughter, even though they cut that plot line from the film. They also cut the plot line where Finn was force sensitive. How they cut it, I don't know, because he points at a star destroyer and goes, "That's the that that's the lead ship." How do you know? I don't know. It's a feeling. Yeah, and there was supposed to be Matt Smith in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, you're not force sensitive? Nah, not at all. Just- you sure? You have a lot of feelings, but they, they Disney did rectify that. If you haven't watched the Lego Holiday Special that is on Disney Plus, it's a lot of fun. Finn is being trained by Rey as a Jedi, so he was force sensitive. Fuck you! I don't care what you say. All right, let's move on to our next Star Wars television show coming to Disney Plus. This one I'm very excited about. I plan on breaking down each and every single one of these episodes with my good friend Thomas Iannucci uh, because. It's Star Wars Visions, and this will be a series of animated shorts from Japan's most famous anime creators. So think Animatrix, uh, <laughs> essentially. I, I, I actually really look forward to this. I love the idea that anything can exist in the Star Wars universe. It just takes a creator and a talented storyteller to bring it to light. And I like the idea of getting multi-facets of the Star Wars universe. You know, I don't ever want the Star Wars universe to be a thing. I don't want you to be able to say, like, that feels like Star Wars, like, or this doesn't feel like Star Wars, etc. Like, Star Wars just needs to exist in that universe and just needs to have... It just needs to have the things that we know as Star Wars that George gave us in the original three movies around it. 
and it's Star Wars. Yeah. And I've been recently getting into anime. I have not been an anime buff. I've not watched a whole lot of anime in my life, but Thomas Iannucci and a few other of my friends, you know, Dylan with the uh Beard Bros Fantasy Football, they like these are these are people who've got me into anime a little bit and I'm pretty jazzed about this cuz I, I want to see what they bring to the table. I want to see what a different perspective brings to this universe that I love so much. I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting as well because, yeah, it's anime. And there was like that um, – someone made that teaser thing of like a, a TIE Fighter X-Wing going into battle. That was like a, a fan fade, a fan main anime thing it's, that looked fantastic. It's fucking dope. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah, yeah. And I want more of that. Like I watched that and that reminded me of like when I watched like Gundam for like the first time. And I was like, yeah. I didn't know I wanted this in Star Wars until I saw it, but I'm glad someone had shown it to me. And there's, uh, I'll actually put a link to that fan film in 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 the, the description of this episode, just so you can get an idea of what Star Wars visions might possibly be like. All right, moving on, we got a droid story. This is going to be an animated series, most likely for the kiddies. Uh, we'll see. Uh, that will follow R2-D2 and C-3PO alongside a new hero where they go on a secret mission that is known only to the droids. Hopefully it's better than the droids and Ewok series from the 1980s. But uh, w- what I think about this, because it seems like it has kind of like an OG trilogy theme to it with R2 and C-3PO together and stuff like that. It makes me think that this is going to take place probably before the Battle of Yavin, before Luke, before Han and stuff like that. And it's just going to be the droids going out, having fun with a new character and stuff like that on the secret mission by whoever it sends them on it. Um, I love the droids. I love R2. Uh, And... I, I I look forward to this watching it like with my daughter because my daughter's favorite characters are BB-8 and R2-D2. <laughs> so, I mean, it might be it, it'll definitely be more akin to yeah watching it with with little ones rather than you know something as potentially as necessarily dark as the Cassian series because I don't really think you'd be able to watch that with kids. Um, Fuck no! I I watched The Mandalorian with my daughter, and at times there's where like I'm watching her, and I'm like, "Did you just watch Boba Fett like shoot bullets from his knees into a stormtrooper's face?" That was fucking cool. (laughs) Does that offend you at all? Are you like, are you gonna have trouble sleeping? She's like, no. And then I was like, I never knew you could use a gaffy stick like that. And my daughter was like, "That was, yeah." Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching the Bill Burr episode tonight, so I haven't seen that one yet. But watching the the Mandalorian one with shots rocket out of his knees, I'm like, that's what those things are for. That's what, it's been on every toy I've had since I was fucking knee high to a duck, and I always like in my mind when I played with him as a toy as a kid, things used to shoot out of those. And yep. like now seeing it in TV, I was like, eight year old me was right. <laughs> that's, I can't believe it. That that that's where his whistling birds come. from. From <laughs> near his crutch. <laughs> Moving on. This next series has me. I don't know if I'm most intrigued because I'm not crazy about the the quote unquote error that it's taking place, but just title alone kind of makes me excited. So this is a mystery thriller that will take place that will take the audience to a galaxy of shadows and secrets in the emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high republic this is star wars the acolyte your heat has made you powerful now fulfill your 
your destiny. Now, just title alone, what does Acolyte in the Star Wars universe mean to you? Uh, st- it, it's it's the Padawan for the dark side, I would say. Right. When I think of Acolyte, I think of like a dark side Acolyte because <clears throat> like, you know, playing the, the Old Republic games and stuff like that, like... That's kind of how you start out when you go when when, when you um, when you join the Sith Temple to uh, you know do whatever mission you got to do. Like you are a dark side acolyte, and it makes me think that this is that this is going to be about some sort of like Sith apprentice from from the viewpoint of the Sith. Now, what doesn't have me excited is that it takes place during the High Republic era, but mm. what does have me excited is that it says it's the end. Of the High Republic era, so if you're if you're unfamiliar with it, Disney and its publishing, Marvel Comics, and they, I believe it's still Delray that is doing the books. Yep, they they are doing a collective story that will span a couple hundred years within the Star Wars universe. That's going to be known as the High Republic. It is hundreds of years before the Phantom Menace, but not quite as old as the Old Republic from the video games that we may all hold in such high regard. Um, so roughly, let's say a three, a two to three. 300 year span before the phantom menace so you'll have some familiar characters like a younger yoda with not gray hair um but you'll also have a whole slew of new characters i am not interested in this time period at all in the star wars universe what one of the things that is intriguing about it is when you talk about the high republic and what it's about it's kind of like Jedi are U.S. Marshals or Rangers. They're kind of like going out. They're patrolling the outer rims of the galaxy. And and, and they're just kind of trying to spread the Republic as far and as wide as they can and, and protect it as much as they can. And there's going to be a threat that comes from the outside. Uh, whether that threat is tied to the Sith or not remains to be seen. But knowing that this takes place at the end of the High Republic makes me think that there's several characters that we are aware of who exist in that time, possibly even Darth Plagueis. We're finally going to see him? Maybe. He would have been born towards the end of this High Republic era, and his master, Darth uh, Penebris? Tenebris? I, can't I mean, you know more than I will for that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. So, uh, Tenebris. That's it. Darth Tenebris was born definitely within the High Republic era. Uh, you know, I'm really hoping that this is that Darth Bane, Darth Plagueis, uh, you know, type dark side novel that we get from a Sith's perspective. You know, if if you've if you've ever read the the you know the the books uh by Matthew Stover that followed Darth Vader, that is a wonderful dark dark side uh you know viewpoint on things. It's it's a lot of fun and it makes me think that maybe this is the place that we are going. This is going to be a show that is run by Leslie Headland. She was the co-creator behind Netflix series Russian Doll. And uh, you know, with that pedigree behind it, it, it makes me wonder like, you know, first off, are we gonna be getting a new female dark side character? And are we gonna be following her perspective, you know, through her dark side training? And I hope so. Because so much of Star Wars comes from that perspective of you've got to beat the Empire, you've got to beat the First Order, or you've got to beat the faceless organization that is trying to take over your galaxy. What about being the people who just want to create the, the faceless organization that takes over the galaxy? They have interesting stories, too. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting in regards to 
who they cast in regards, like who they're going to have as the main actors, actresses. Uh, music is going to be a big thing as well. Like Michael Giacchino is going to have very tired hands because um, I doubt they'll even get, they might get a little bit of John Williams here and there, but like there's so much Star Wars going on here that, you Hang can't use Giacchino for everything, is what it comes down to. Like, yeah. I, I, I think, I think they're. I mean, they they didn't use Giacchino for for the Mandalorian, and look at that fantastic score. God, mm-hmm. fucking love that score, man. So I, I look forward to this. Uh, I'm not, like I said, you know, I don't think I or Duty are sold on the High Republic as a concept for for the Star Wars storytelling medium, but. You know, the fact that whatever this story is from Leslie Hendland, that they're like, this is a Disney Plus series, makes me go, all right, like, w- what kind of story are we telling? Because, you know, I don't want another, like, Republic versus, versus Sith or, you know, or, you know, a- a- another Civil War. Like, I don't need that stuff. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Disney Plus to branch my Star Wars experience out into new places and a lot of what we're getting here you know other than like let's say lando is imperials versus rebels first order versus resistance you know we're not getting anything new but when i think about shows like lando and i think about shows like the acolyte that's something new. That's a new perspective that we don't get to see a lot of in Star Wars. Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting in regards to it as well, because not only the Acolyte, and it's 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 set in this High Republic era that, yes, it does sound kind of boring, but it's also like, you, you, is this before the Rule of Two? Uh, how many Acolytes are there? Uh, are we going to... S- no, this would be after the Rule of Two, because Darth Bane was... You know, it, Darth Bane is still canon. He still did exist. He still was a creator of the Rule of Two. He would have been close to a thousand years before the Battle of Yavin and the Phantom Menace and stuff like that. But So, I mean, he started the line of Sith. So, the Acolyte could be the burgeoning Sith you know, rising up against the the Republic. Because when, when I think of the name High Republic, and this is something that goes way back to something that we talked about a long time ago. And I think you were on the episode with me when when, when I when I used to do the, the, the miniseries mm-hmm. uh, from a certain point of view where we talked about concepts from Star Wars. We talked about the arrogance of the Jedi. And the High Republic seems to be the height of of that arrogance which will culminate into them being so blinded by their own power that they allowed the Sith to grow right underneath of them and ultimately become the supreme chancellor of of the Republic that they've sworn to protect um, which is the ultimate insult to to the Jedi you know I mean that that's one of the things that like goes so under the radar with the Jedi is that Palpatine's not wrong when he says that all those who gain power fear to lose it because the Jedi certainly do whether they admit it or not. And, and when I hear something like the high Republic as a title, I'm just like, all right, yeah, yeah you guys are definitely arrogant fucks if you're living during the high Republic. <laughs> When's tea time for these Jedi? <laughs> and we've seen on some of the photos and stuff like that as well for the high Republic when they're teasing their comic books or their, their novels. It's like, you know, someone else has Kylo Ren's crossguard lightsaber, and I'm just thinking, going, eh. yeah. like it was cool for Kylo. A lot of imagery of white and gold, which which makes you think of royalty. Yeah, I sort of just want old Republic man. Let's just have it like dirty, gnarly sort of stuff, and then you know, let's, as you let's get- have it out. Hundreds of Sith, hundreds of Jedi 
fighting exactly. for let's, supremacy. Let's do it. Bingo. Hey, we don't know what Taika Waititi's up to over there. So, uh, and they did mention that Taika Waititi's still making a movie. We're not willing to say anything more than that. <laughs> so that's why there's no news stories on Taika Waititi. We did get, get kind of like a logo, which looked like the Star Wars logo, but it was made out of rock and it was got cracks in it, which made me think of like, oh, Stone Age. Maybe we oh. are going way back with Taika. Or maybe cold. That's just speculation. All right. Uh, we're running we're, we're running towards the end here, Duty. We got Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, the final two series that we know are coming. So Rangers of the New Republic, I think, is likely going to feature Cara Dune, even though we didn't get any type of confirmation of what characters will be in it. Mm. But it also made me think of the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, which I won't spoil. But um, it made me think that we may get characters like Mayfeld and Cobb Vanth as well. Um, both people who held positions of power in their former roles, Cobb Vanth being the marshal of of the town that, that he ruled over, Cara That's Dune right. being referred to as a marshal as well, and Mayfeld being a former Imperial officer. Uh, and we hear something like Rangers of the New Republic, and I'm like, ugh, yeah, what do Rangers do? Well, if you're a Texas Ranger, you patrol you, you patrol the borders of Texas, um, and the idea of Rangers. If you've watched episodes of The Mandalorian season two, minor spoilers here. There is an X-wing pilot who shows up on Novara at some point. He's asking a lot of questions, and he makes comment to Cara Dune and to Grief Karga that there's a lot of stuff going on out here in the Outer Rim, and a lot of people in the back at the New Republic don't believe it but there's something happening out here. And what they're referring to is obviously what Ahsoka is hunting down and what the Mandalorian is hunting down and is the operations of the Empire led by Grand Admiral Thrawn and what is probably his little lackey boy, Moff Gideon. And they are building something out in the Outer Reaches. And what we know about the First Order is that they were from the Outer Rim. They mm-hmm. were Imperial remnants that went out to the Outer Rim, built their forces, built their masses, and came back in force. So what are Gideon and Thrawn up to? And the only person who knows the Outer Rim mappings is Thrawn. Is Thrawn, because before he shows up in Rebels in his current in, in his current continuity, he was essentially mapping the Outer Rim for the Jesus Indy. Who do you think is is the person who found Exegol and told the Emperor about Exegol? Yeah, probably Thrawn. Who do you think was felt? Who do you think was siphoning off First Order, you know, material and giving it to the Final Order, the One Sith? Probably Thrawn as well. <laughs> so I think what's going on in a galaxy far, far away, out in its outer rim, is that Thrawn and Gideon, while they may be working for different masters. I think they're both ultimately servicing the first order and the final order, which is led by Palpatine. It's possible that Thrawn knows about Palpatine's plan, but Gideon may not know about the whole Palpatine plan, which goes into what I was saying, Disney Plus kind of fixing some plot holes there that exist within the sequel trilogy. I mean, I hope so. I also feel like, you know, if if this is the case that Thrawn is doing this sort of stuff that leads to Exegol and stuff like that, he really should have been the that sort of, oh, I can't even recall the character's name, but that essentially the guy who kills... um. Uh, old mate, the bloody uh, first order officer. 
he was an older character who served for the Empire, and then he kills um shit. Hux? Yeah, yeah, the guy who kills Hux, the old guy from fucking episode nine. I can't remember his name. He was, he's like, yep, I know who the spy is, and he just shoots Hux and kills him. Um, that should have been Thrawn. If that's the case, yeah, 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 I get what you're saying. That that guy is very Thrawn-like. But uh, let me let me put this to you this way: We've gotten already the mention of Thrawn. Now we find out we're getting an Ahsoka series, mm-hmm. and we're getting this New Republic. Uh, you know, Rangers of the New Republic. Who do you think plays Grand Admiral Thrawn? I like the idea of Michael Fassbender. Okay, I like the idea of the voice of Grand Admiral Thrawn in Rebels. Lars oh. Mikkelsen actually oh, yeah. playing him oh he hasn't got the facial structure for it i think i think you cover him in blue paint and you put the red eyes in him and he's fine i think he could do what they did for solo in regards to ray parker portrayal this is a 20 years older uh you know grand animal thrawn as well yeah i still i still think you could I, th- I think you could do what they do with ray parker and, and sam Witwer in regards to voice and, and, and physical portrayal where you could have um it's uh, lars milkinson which is mads milkinson's brother um playing the doing the voice and then you could have you know that sort of that stoic expressionless uh michael fassbender that you get in the prometheus and the alien movies where he's very robotic and he's very calm and calculated that's what thrawn is uh, if you're getting him if you're getting fassbender you're not not letting him speak <laughs> I know it's a double negative. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. I did see there was it was Star Wars celebrations. They had a um, they had like big sort of poster paintings of all the Star Wars movies, and they had one for Rebels, and they akined actors to the interpretations of the characters. And, and it was Fassbender. No, they used Pierce Brosnan for Thrawn. That wouldn't be I like bad. That. Yeah, because like bad. Pierce Brosnan did have a very strong sort of chin shape sort of a structure uh now of course you know as time goes on he you know he, he's aged a wee bit isn't he's i think 60s he'd be great for thrawn and if you watch the mandalorian you go well who the fuck is this thrawn that ahsoka is looking for again watch rebels <laughs> rebels is by far my favorite more than clone wars like i loved rebels clone wars had a lot of filler but there's some good shit in there oh and yeah i am and i do have a list of essential clone wars watching where i kind of cut through the fat uh and if you want that list you can reach out to me on social media i'll be happy to send you the list stay on target stay on target but where i was going with the rangers of the new republic i think after the comments of that episode where the x-wing pilot was saying there's something going on out here i think the new republic will eventually listen to somebody and they will assign rangers of the new republic to patrol the outer rim for these type of events or these type of characters uh, nefarious characters that are doing something but eventually as we go through the series of this Ahsoka and the Mandalorian as we take down baddie after baddie and they're all filtering their resources to one location they have said that these stories will all be leading to a climatic story event you've taken your first step into a larger world so with the Ahsoka series uh, I know we're kind of like spoiling a little bit here but if you if you watch Rebels, Ahsoka ends by taking Sabine Wren and what we all assume is to the Outer Rim to look for Ezra Bridger, who was the surviving Jedi of the Rebels series. And 
we didn't get mention of him in the Mandalorian when Rosario Dawson came and came in. She's obviously going to be reprising the role. Her episode of the Mandalorian was essentially the pilot for the Ahsoka series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I a hundred percent think we're going to be getting an Ezra Bridger in the future in Ahsoka. And I a hundred percent think we're going to be getting a Sabine Wren as well, either in the Mandalorian or in Ahsoka. I thought uh, that thought, uh, WWE wrestler was supposed to be Sabine. We see it for like we a We all second. thought that we yeah. all thought that, but she's actually just another night owl. Uh, you know, that, that fights alongside of Bo-Katan. So uh, with the Ahsoka series and and Rangers of the New Republic and the Mandalorian, they are all being led by none other than Jon Favreau and the master himself, mm-hmm. Dave Filoni. So these are the direct descendants of, <laughs> of the of Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah, of George as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they th- these will be the stories that kind of take us, that are bridging the gap between OG trilogy and sequel trilogy. And these are the stories that if you are if you are a hater of the sequel trilogy, they're trying to fill those gaps and fix those things. One thing that I want to point out uh, before we wrap up, have you seen the Ahsoka logo duty have you seen the logo for it it's i've seen it it's just like a circle sort of thing yeah it looks a whole lot like the world between worlds doesn't it which is the which is the realm that ezra steps into when it he does. enters the sith temple oh it and does he is he's able to reach through time and pull ahsoka through time and save her from her impending death at the hands of Darth Vader. Oh man, that's a that's a fucking head spin. It is because it because I was talking to my brother about this, and I was like, and he was like, "What do you think that all means?" I was also talking to uh, Chris Brayton from I Like to Like Things, and I was like, "What do you want to bet at the end of the Ahsoka series? Like, it doesn't matter like what happens in the Ahsoka series, but at the end of the Ahsoka series, she goes back through the world between worlds and ends herself, allows herself to be killed by Darth Vader." In that season two finale of Rebels, essentially closing the loop. Everything she did in the present and the future still exists, especially if you follow the MCU guidelines for how time travel works. Back to the future is a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, time travel is a very risky thing to add into Star Wars. Exactly. We need to close that loop. And I think Dave Filoni is like, I need to close that loop. (laughs) And the Ahsoka series, it could end with her traveling back through the world between worlds and ending herself. Allowing herself to die. She she essentially fulfills her destiny of, you know, rescuing Ezra Bridger and whatever they have to do, it has to lead towards Luke Skywalker building whatever he does to eventually cause Ben Solo to do what he does to eventually cause what is the force awakening in another individual, which is Ray. I mean, I'm I'm also really curious in regards to um Unless you're me with, and you with, think the force should have been awakening in Finn the whole time because I'm not against Ray as as a character. I'm against her being somebody <laughs> and having yeah DNA infused force abilities. That bothers me. But whatever. I mean I'm really looking forward to, to watching the Mandalorian. I, I like even uh, not the Mandalorian, Ahsoka. Um, but when you look at the the last series of Clone Wars, and then of course like the end of Rebels, you can see her her leku's. Uh, well, she's not Twi'lek, but sort of her her headpiece is is quite longer in Mandalorian. It's quite uh, longer in, in the cartoons, shorter. They talked about this. Dave Filoni tried, and and John Favreau they tried the long leku's on Rosario Dawson. 
it added mm. close to 15 to 20 pounds to her head. She's already Jesus. has 15 to 20 pounds on top of her head with the Leco she's wearing. It, yeah. It, yeah, it yeah. didn't work practically for filming in live action. Uh, they got in the way. Uh, re- remember, these are made from, from polypropylene. They're, 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 they're kind of made from, from plaster. Uh, they're, you know, they, but they have to move. But they're also not incredibly durable. And she has to do a lot of action scenes. And these are things that are flopping around her armpits and around her arms as she's moving and stuff like that. They kept breaking. They were heavy on her head. They 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 did shrink it down. They wanted to get to that rebel's point, but they realized that they just weren't going to be able to. And who's to say, you know, you can't have a haircut if you're a Twi'lek or something like, you know. Who's to say you can't would... cut your Lekos? Uh, yeah, if you're a Twi'lek, you can't. Because they'd say that Tweedlicks, their brain is actually in their lekus. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're, <there> you <laughs> you're Tweedlick, you can't get a haircut unless you want to wind up like Forrest Gump. <laughs> I just <laughs> felt like lightsabers. I just, I, I, I was running. <laughs> Where's Thrawn? <laughs> the Empire um, was coming, and I was running. <laughs> There, there is though. I'm very, very, very excited for one particular series. It's coming out, I think, very early 2021. Bad Batch, like yes, it looks awesome. Like it's, it's gonna be. It's. I didn't touch on it because I know we're like doing a lot of spoiling for like Rebels and stuff like that. But also, it has like a full trailer. It's actually the next Star Wars series that you're gonna be seeing. Is 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 what's funny about it? Um, the it, it it's going to explore an extremely interesting place because we don't know really what happens to clones we've gotten snippets of it especially in the tarkin novel of what happens with clones between order 66 and the battle of yavin where we know that by that point basically the empire has replaced all clone soldiers with quote-unquote volunteers I mean, you got a point. And the Bad Batch is a, is a great group of guys to explore that with because it looks like they are going through Order 66. In that trailer, did you notice uh, Fennec Shen in the trailer? I did not. No. She's in the trailer. So the character I- who is palling around with Boba Fett in The Mandalorian is actually at least a character that looks a lot like her wearing a very oh, similar yeah, helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the helmet. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Is, yeah, yeah. is in that trailer. I'm, I, I sort of just want to see as well the evolution of the armor. So, like, of course, we're seeing them in their, their clone trooper phase two armor, and then from there they basically move into stormtrooper armor. I want to see the thing of, like, this is the new armor you guys need to wear. Like, you know, whether it's the second season or third season of this particular show being, like, yeah, the armor changes and actually starts to evolve and adapt into I don't into know that. And maybe- if the Bad Batch are going to be working for the New Republic slash the empire for very long in the series i think it's I was very thinking maybe they turn into death troopers oh i think i think they turn into a motley crew of the a team and they fucking <laughs> go rogue against the very government that has employed them and then vader comes up and just fucking kicks all their asses uh possibly <laughs> I mean that's that's a way uh, to wrap it up. I, I I think I think the I think that the Bad Batch is going to be an homage to the A Team because it very much seems that way. You got yeah, you got um, you you got your leader. You got your you know you got your tech guy. You got your you got your uh, you know spy sniper, guy. Your brute strength, yeah. Right, and then you got your brute strength. You, you got all you got all the key figures there, man. I think it's an A Team, and I love it when a plan comes together. I really do. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. This is a sequel series uh, to The Clone Wars, and it is being run by Dave Filoni yet again. So That man can do no wrong. 
honestly. So before we end this, since we've been going for so long, just figure might as well, might as well ask, are you aware of what George Lucas's um, sequel trilogy would have been? Do you know who the main villain would have been? Oh, damn. Uh... Look, I'm probably just go. Yeah, just go for it. I think it was like it was. It was from Darth the OG Maul. comic. It was Darth Maul. Oh yeah, from yeah, right. And his apprentice was going to be Darth Talon, a dark Twi'lek. Um, that rip- is from the Star Wars the the legacy the legacy books that you made me read. Yep, the legacy books. That's exactly right. And they would have been going up against a bunch of kids, essentially, but. Let's face it, Darth Maul, as far as Sith go, really couldn't fight his way out of a Obi-Wan wrapped paper bag. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would have made sense. And it would have been uh, Darth Maul seizing power in the power vacuum created by the rebels uh, as the Empire leaves. He would have used his crime syndicate to grab power of other systems and stuff like that. And it would have been the New Republic uh, and the children of Han and Leia and stuff like that. All these young kid characters um growing up and going up against darth maul what do you think it kind of makes sense that disney killed him in such an unceremonious fashion in rebels i mean that makes sense but i also think we're gonna see more darth maul especially in lando because he runs what crimson dawn um i, I think, think we're so. gonna see him i think we're gonna see him in bad batch um, I think so too. because it'll be like yeah there's a there's a force user on this planet go stop him and maybe vader goes along with him or something like that i think i think we're gonna see more of maul hands down um, there's just so many avenues where he could pop up. Like he could yeah. be, at the, you know, in, in Obi-Wan in some way. He could be in Andor. He could, you know, there's so many possibilities for him to pop up. So, uh, maybe not Andor, um, but like he could always be somewhere. <laughs> so uh, let, let's wrap this up by, by stating this. Before knowing this information that you have now, mm-hmm. do you think Star Wars will be in a better place after these series are released? Do you think it's in a better place now than it was when Rise of Skywalker finished? Let's say. Oh shit, yeah. It's uh, and I think that is solely due to the Mandalorian. You don't like you don't worry that this is an overload of Star Wars for you. You don't worry that this might be too much in too short of time. I don't think it's necessarily too much because it covers multiple different bases where the Rise of Skywalker kept f- the, the the sequel Skywalker trilogy kept following the same events of Rebels, Empire, red lightsaber, blue lightsaber. There's, there's a guy who's like the Emperor. There's Tie Fighters, all that sort of stuff. Where Rogue One gave us, it's it's not related to fucking Jedi's. It is literally the rebellion going and stealing the plans of the Death Star. It's it's a it's a guerrilla war film. Hey man, I don't know if you're one with film. the Force and the Force is with me though. <laughs> uh, there's that doesn't really count as a fucking Jedi. <laughs> But there's, there's like, there's no. The lore you know, is there though. The lore for yeah, Jedi the, the lore story, is there, and is there's, nice. there's, there's stuff for fans in regards to that. But it isn't a Jedi film. And That's when true. you look at Solo, that is a smuggling film. Yeah, it's an origin story of Han Solo and Harry met Chewbacca and all that sort of stuff. But it is a heist film. And I feel with all of these different concurrent series going on at the same time, yeah, Mandalorian will be like a Westerny sort of style. Ahsoka will be a, you know, potentially, maybe if she's trying to find Thrawn, a somewhat, you know, yeah. following the pieces, a, a clues detective-y sort of thing. Cassian is going to be spy. And Rangers of the New Republic kind of sounds like your your procedural crime drama. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's, it's, CS, it's CSI Tatooine. Like, that's basically what it's gonna be i think you're right every single one of these star wars uh shows seems to be scratching a different itch what what i did like was the fact that like the mandalorian isn't tying into all of this but 
with Dave Filoni behind the Bad Batch, you're nuts if you don't think that 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 the Bad Batch is going to tie into so much within Star Wars because it will. That's what Dave Filoni's good at. I, I I like the fact that not you know we're not green lighting eight different nine different series that are all tied into the Mandalorian. We're not putting it all on that series' back. Exactly. And so, as, as you said as well, some of them are limited series. Ahsoka and, and Obi-Wan, they're, they're not continuous series. They might have maybe a special or one-off episode past its initial end run, but it's not going to be like Mandalorian season one, season two, season three, all that sort of stuff. And and also Acolyte, I mean, you know, that that's taking place far outside of our current story, you know, um, mm. which, which it, but it's still exploring, uh, you know, if, if we're right that this is a dark side story, that it, it's exploring an itch that I don't think we've gotten really in a star wars universe to date at least on film or on tv in live action um you know we, we if if you're a novel reader like i've been my entire life where you've read comics you've gotten these dark side stories before or i guess if you watch clone wars you've gotten asajj ventress and solo episodes with with darth maul and with savage press and stuff like that but as far as like the larger star wars universe goes there's not there hasn't been a dark side story told from a perspective of someone being raised essentially in a Sith empire, in in, in in a Sith environment. It's covering a lot of bases and and that's the thing. If you know, if spy thrillers aren't your thing, then it's like cool. Cassian and that's the whole thing with because uh, people are saying with the, the sequel trilogy. It's like, well, these new Star Wars films aren't made for you, they're made for the new audience. But I'm like, but you're expanding on the traditional films you're bringing back Han and Leia and all that sort of stuff where it's like where with these all these different shows if spy thriller isn't you don't watch Cassian go watch Obi-Wan if you want to see more Jedi stuff watch Obi-Wan and Ahsoka if a Jedi aren't your thing go watch Rangers of the New Republic like it covers so many bases that if you're unhappy with that series there's probably another series in Star Wars that you will like better one thing's for sure we could both agree hashtag where's broom boy <laughs> I'm I'm surprised there's no Boba Fett spin-off series. That's what I was thinking of. Just just wait until they you know the Disney execs are like, "Have you seen the social media buzz around Boba Fett and his new paint job?" And it's like, "Maybe we ought to get on that." I mean, you could get the actor who played young Boba Fett to play a younger Boba Fett. Daniel Logan. Exactly, Absolutely. and do that. Hey, who says he hasn't already been tapped for Lando exactly. series? We don't know. He's no good to me dead. Oh, don't put ideas in my head yet. In the blue armor and you see him repainted to green. Hell yeah. Hashtag makes all the two happen. Even if it's on Disney Plus. Believe me. That's fine with you- me. I mean, I would I would kill to be an extra in any of these. Even if it was like my photo as a fucking wanted poster, I'd love it. Uh, so that's going to do it for <laughs> Super Movie Brothers this week. If me and Duty have talked about anything that you would like to comment on throughout this extra long episode of super movie bros make sure that you reach out to me on twitter at super movie pod duty where can everyone reach out to you on the socials on the socials it's at l e l underscore duty d-u-d-i and underscore reno a little bit like uh the big lebowski l duty reno that's basically l duty reno is uh, is mine uh it's the photo of piccolo and tien from dragon ball z and their heads emerged together it's my it's my duty logo and definitely make sure that you subscribe to Duty on YouTube if you're a video game fan. He's recently been going through the entire Arkham series, getting ready for Gotham Knights to come out. And uh, yes. you've also been going through uh, some new stuff. And you have your 
cyberpunk review coming out very soon don't you yes so uh essentially i'm I'm working on that now cyberpunk is it's a very large very large game and it's so easy to divert off the main path to uh to go do side missions because it'll be like oh go pick up your car and you go pick up your car and someone smashes it so oh go get compensation for your car and it's 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 a good game it's of course it's launched a bit buggy um but with cd project red with all the games they do they spend time with it and fix it um i'm thinking after i finish because i'm catching i'm essentially playing all of the gotham games incredibly quickly before gotham knights comes out um so i might go back and do uh star wars shadows of the empire i might do some rogue squadron oh. there is some new dlc for star wars squadrons with the tie defender and oh. the b-wing that i want to check out oh. um i just reviewed the new avengers dlc for kate bishop and that was fantastic that was actually like better than the main campaign um if duty if duty was yeah. a woman i i'd be cheating on him with my wife that's that that's for sure because he's talking about all the shit that makes me go mm. uh you know i recently just got a <laughs> ps5 i got ps plus i'm very excited to jump into recently uh you know star wars pod racer uh came out on xbox and and, and ps4 ps5 uh but now on ps plus I have Racer's Revenge, which is the sequel to Pod Racer, but even more importantly, and which ties directly into The Mandalorian and things that we are talking about on this episode, Bounty Hunter is on Disney oh. Plus, and I would love for you to take a trip back, Duty, and do some Bounty Hunter. There's my mate uh, who, who's essentially been helping me with my YouTube channel. He's called uh, G-Man Lives. He just did Star Wars Bounty Hunter as a retro review about two weeks ago. Go check that out. Underrated end. Uh, so you should be following Duty on on his YouTube. And you can also subscribe to his podcast if you want to hear him and his mates talk about movie news and uh, review some things that most of them don't like, from what I understand. Yeah, most of them don't. Yeah, it's always like if one person likes it, four people don't like yeah. it, which is which is how it goes when you have five people on a podcast. Um, that's Shaken Not Nerd. If you subscribe to that as well, you get Shaken Not Noob, which is the side hustle uh, that is attached to the show where we just talk about video games so um if you want a, a more of a if, if there's a particular game that i've done a video on on my channel and you want to hear more of a deep dive breakdown the podcast is where you check it out um if there's a game you want me to play as well hit me up in the comments hit me up on twitter and i'll literally just download the game and start playing it if i have access to do so look at duty like dave filoni building his own universe over there so make sure that you check him out i want to thank all of you guys for listening and if you want to be like Duty, you want more Super Movie Bros content, then you're going to have to sign up for the Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Bros podcast. And there you will get a new episode every month. Me and Jay are starting to work on new content for the Patreon where we're going to be starting to release more episodes. And you will be able to get that for just $1. You get the extra episodes. We have other incentives for uh, the other tiers, so make sure that you check us out over there and decide what tier is right for you. And of course, the only way for Super Movie Bros to grow, the only way for us to get seen more is for you to start leaving us some reviews on the old Apple Podcasts. So if you are a second-time, fifth-time, tenth-time listener to the show and you haven't written a review, please head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave your written review. We'll be happy to read it on the show. And, of course, we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio Podcast Network. You can check out us and all the other great shows that are part of the Age of Radio Network by heading over to ageofradio.org. I want to thank everybody for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. 
Bye. <laughs>